right. Yes. The best show back on another Tuesday night here in this beautiful autumn evening. Perhaps you are listening to this in the year 9584. And you're saying 8,000 years ago. They had a season called autumn. Now we have nothing. Why? Because we live on the sun. But back then, 8,000 years ago, there was a man. He spoke into something called a microphone. Well, first it would be like, there was a man. He did something called speaking. And he did it into a microphone. Something called a microphone. And still, 8,000 years later, it's the funniest thing that ever existed in the history of the universe. Who says so? Glorp. The editor at the AV Club, which will survive 8,000 years from now. The AV Club still going strong. Glorp is like, I will include my retro recap of the best show from 8,000 years ago. What should I use for I see what you did there. Whatever that quote thing is where they put your uh, fun joke from an... I don't know. I don't read it. Sorry, Nathan. Nathan, uh... I'm not sensitive about what people say about the show. I don't care. I'm doing it. 8,000 years from now, people are going to keep loving this thing. You're a cool dude, Nathan. But you know what? I'm taking that article you wrote, bro. Right in the shredder. Right in the shredder. Put it in the shredder. Nathan Raven wrote an article about the best show. Said Tom Sharpling was sensitive. Did I like the article? You bet your ass I didn't. Nah, I'm fine with it. Just keep spelling my name right, brah. No Dude Vember begins. Check out the article. He wrote it over at Splitsider. Nathan uh, wrote a fun piece on the best show. Over at Splitsider. One of the other sites that will be uh, around 8,000 years from now. The three things that will be around will be the AV Club, Splitsider... And uh, the Zager and Evans song in the year 2525. How do you pitch that to record label? In the year 2525, if man is still alive, if woman can survive. Wouldn't you just be like expecting the guy running the record label to be like, running his finger across the trapdoor button under his desk as Zager and Evans perform that song. He's like, he's like 
ready to press the button. And then suddenly they go, in the year 3530. It's like, 3530? What? It just doesn't take place in 2525? And then he's like, then they're like, in the year 45. He's like, sign, please sign with this label. I need to know what happens in the future. Zager and Evans. You know what's so funny about Zager and Evans? If they only knew uh, in the year uh, 1983 that they'd be uh, playing that song at a car wash. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Not very psychic. Are you, Zager and Evans? What do you think about that, Mike? My Zager and Evans material? Here I come, Zager and Evans. Look out. And if this makes me sensitive, so be it. Toughen up, guys. It's a rough world. We all can't be out there just getting cream puffs thrown our way. It's a tough world for Zager and Evans. a tough world for guys like me. Okay, and that concludes the weirdest and most rambling intro to the best show ever. I don't even know what I just said. But I do know that the best show is about to begin, and I declare this the first day of No Dude Vember. All right. Who's clapping out there? There's clearly Dudio clapping. Mike doesn't want, Mike, Mike is disinterested in anything about the show. I know it's not you. And now there's a picture. I'm looking at this computer screen. There's like a headshot of Dudio staring at me. What, are you trying to get in my head? It's not going to work, you know. Wait, what's that? Yes, Dudio. Yes. Yes, Master. I will do what you tell me to do, Master. Play the theme music. Yes, Master. The best show has begun, Master.
Gomez Show here. The first day of November. The first day of No Dude Vember. Who'd we just hear? Royal Trucks. From their album Accelerator. I'm ready. Can't mess with them. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Royal Trucks. Can't beat it with a stick. Love it. It's on Drag City. Drag City Records. Uh, it's dragcity.com, I believe. You can never go wrong with Drag City. Now I will shut this screen looking at my fantasy basketball team which I could literally stare at all night I will not stare at the fact that sure Jamichael Green is disappointing me seriously one steal and one block in 16 minutes first half but yes that is, uh, uh, it's counterbalanced by Nene. Not Nene Leaks. Nene. With his 13, 5, and 4. Thank you, Nene. Wait, where'd the music go? Oh my goodness. Where'd the music go? There it is. Ah, the phone number, 201. Three three two three four eight four. Now I want you, the best show listener, to know. You're probably saying to yourself, "Now what is no dude Vember?" Well, it's it's simple. I'll tell you all about it. For the month of November, I will only be taking calls from uh, people who are not dudes. And that includes women, and if uh, you identify as non-binary or trans. However you... I, I just want to break it up, because, you know, it's a... Look, I love... I love everyone who listens to this show. I love you. I'm, I'm not kidding now. I'm not kidding. I love it, and I appreciate it, and I don't take it lightly. There's eight million other shows out there. God knows. I see some of these podcasts... You got choices, but yeah, keep choosing the best show. You know why? Because it's the best, first of all, yes. But it's because I'm trying to make it as great as possible and work hard at it. And sometimes that means shaking a couple things up. And and if uh, we get caught in ruts sometimes, I know what it's like to get caught in a rut. I've been stuck in ruts so many times in my life. Fine, you don't think I know what a rut is? I know what a rut is. So you gotta shake it up. And guys will call and God bless every one of their little heads. And they'll say they love the show and they mean, it's like, love it. I love it and appreciate it. But the show, Think about it this way. If you go see uh, a, a, a variety, not a variety show, what variety show would you go see? Wait, why did I look back at my fantasy basketball screen? 
Do the show now, Tom. Stop looking at your team. The window is still open. Couldn't help it. So, imagine you're seeing, uh, like if you're at a taping of uh, like Weekend Live, for example. And you're going because you want to see the Ticket Taker sketch or you want to see any of the great characters you've gotten to know the the Gina Rollins impression um, or any of the fun characters maybe mainly the ticket taker I remember being at the uh, at the commune theater and yelling one time I was like Jack was there doing stuff with his sketch troupe and I was just like do the ticket taker we can live I browbeat him into doing the ticket taker sketch. One of my proudest achievements. So, imagine you're at a, a show. You're, if you're there, you're, you're, the show's not aimed at the person in the studio audience. It's aimed at all the people at home watching. If you go see a taping a weekend live, you end up in a seat. You're looking down at, you're looking down, straight down at the stage where the sketch is being performed, or you're watching on a monitor. You're there to help the thing for all the people at, at home. And the, all the callers are that. I could never put all the callers on the show, on the air. I could never put them all on. Can never get them all on, because the the point of the show is not to make all the callers, uh, everybody's thing feel great as much as I I want to. The point's to do an entertaining show, and sometimes if the calls hit a snag and they get a little saggy, then we switch it up. And it's a chance to to welcome people who might be a little hesitant or or what reluctant or whatever to call the show and get through and not feel like it's a like they've gotta keep calling. It's just the dudes will be back. You'll be back, dudes. It's Tom, the dude, me and dudes, we ain't going anywhere. I got the dudes. I got, I got all the dudes. I love the dudes. But we're just trying to mix it up. So just, just, uh, just like Steve Winwood said, roll with it. Right? Remember that album? Back in the High Life? How bad would that album? Oh, can you imagine? I'll be back in the high life again. And also had that song, Make Me a Higher Love. Oh. But then did that have the song, You Gotta Roll With It? Or was that his next album? Same album. Same album. Wow, he was really, uh. Valerie. Valerie. Wow, he was really cranking the hits out at that point, Steve Winwood. Barfing them out, one worse than the next. It's like you went to Phil Collins school to make that album. Every one of those guys was just like, 
in the 80s, they're just like, you know, I decided is I'd like to uh, be incredibly rich and make as much money as I can. So then they would make some album like that, like Phil Collins. I was talking to somebody and they were defending Phil Collins. It's like, come on. Not everything loops around to where it's good again. It just doesn't. You really get bored. You can listen to No Jacket Required. Can you imagine? Put that on. Susudio. Even he knows that album sucks. Bought him plenty of uh, Alamo memorabilia, though. What a weird thing. Phil Collins collects memorabilia from the Alamo. You believe that? That's weird. You got some weird uh, thing from the Alamo. Suddenly a guy shows up to check it out. Wait. Aren't you Phil Collins? That's right. I'm looking how much you want for that bayonet you got there. It's me, Phil Collins. How much for that there bayonet now? Come on then. How much? Best show. Hi, Tom. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Hi, this is Meredith in St. Louis. Meredith in St. Louis. What's going on tonight in St. Louis, Meredith? St. Louis, Missouri? Or St. Louis... Isn't there two of them? No, that's Kansas City. There's two Kansas City. That's Kansas City. There's only one St. Louis. I'm in Missouri, yep. That's St. Louis, and it's got the arch, right? The arch. Is that St. Louis? That's right. I'm pretty near it. Yeah. Who are the big famous people from St. Louis? Nelly? Yes. Um, Mark McGuire? Yeah. Really famous. Does he drive? That's about right. Do you ever see him rolling uh, down the streets of St. Louis? No, but I remember... His uh, his run, his great run, in like fifth grade, saw some games. My dad. Yeah, that was his uh, his big run when he was uh, when he was uh, juiced out of his gourd. He was juicing. Yeah, I know. Kind of surprised me. Yeah, what what a surprising thing because at thirty five he suddenly (laughs) he suddenly became. Uh, basically looked like the Incredible Hulk all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, yeah. It did happen fast, I guess. Yeah. Usually when, pe- yeah, when people are kind of like winding down with their, like, their physical fitness. 35, yeah. yeah. Suddenly Not he's... really prime. Yeah. Suddenly he's like, hey, it's me now. I got these muscles. And he had to do that, like, weird sideways arm swing walk a little bit because his muscles were so huge yeah 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 it's a shock that that doesn't come natural yeah too bad now meredith what's up to what do i owe the pleasure of this call i'm just outside of work thought that i would call for the first time uh for no dude november yes long time listener but uh yeah, I just thought I'd check in. I have a little factoid for you. I'm ready um, for it. I'm ready for it. You know my love of factoids. Okay. Well, I have met Avalanche Bob. What? Yes, it's true. 
and I thought I'd tell you, I don't know if he's mentioned it on the show before, he might have, but he was on like daily phone correspondence with Joe Franklin in the later years. No. I didn't know if you knew that. I did not. Okay, well, I thought you could think of it as kind of a legacy that you're carrying on. Host, host to host. So it's me. And Joe Franklin. Yeah, you and Joe Franklin. Yeah. And, and the thing connecting us is Avalanche Bob. Oh, God. Yeah. What am I doing? Kind of beautiful. Oh, yeah. God. Hey, yeah. Mike, pull, g- pull my car around, please, and uh, <laughs> enter into the GPS. Uh, the Hudson. You can probably go to, like, 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 uh, uh, th- like, 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 uh, destinations of, of interest. Type in the Hudson River. Okay. And then I'm just, and then just get a brick if you could. Mm, one and brick should do one it. One brick. Yeah. This is what I need For you to do with that. No, this is what it merited. I need him to hit me over the head with the brick, oh. then put it on the on the accelerator. Uh, all right. Well, if you have to go out tonight, might as well be the Hudson. Any right? body of water, I guess, would do. Yeah. And if my car goes into the Hudson. <laughs> Because someone said I was like Joe Franklin. I love that impression. The Anytime end anyone the... does right? Morrissey, it's funny. Well, yeah. thank you, Meredith. You have a great night. Thanks for that factoid. So when Joe thank Franklin, you. how do you know that? Are you on the Joe Franklin side of things? I was on the Joe Franklin side of things. My friend became friends with him the last couple of years. He was alive. We visited his office and... Yeah, Avalanche Bob was just in the rotation of uh, weird dudes that hung around there. So he would call Joe Franklin, and would he go, Hey, Joe. I think so. I assume so. Maybe they had really lucid conversations. I don't know. What if Joe, Frank- sure. what if Joe Franklin wrote some of those songs? Oh, it's possible. There might be some songs written about Joe Franklin we don't know about. i got to find out. I gotta find yeah. out. In December. Yeah. In December oh. we'll find out. Well hopefully it'll tide you over this no. month. We'll find out. Thank you for the call, Meredith. You have a great day. No night. problem. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. And I'd like to talk about something tonight. Getting your act together. We all got to get our, gets our act together, right? Do you get trick-or-treaters, Mike? No. No, a lot of, probably a lot of tricks going on in Bayonne, right? A lot of tricks. When's the, how old were you when you stopped trick-or-treating? Eighth grade? I gotta tell you, we get trick or treaters sometimes, and uh, there's a point where I needed to make a couple phone calls and stuff, and uh, my uh, the lady in my life, Terry T, my wife, as Borat would say. We, uh, we were both a little tied up, so it was this thing where it was like, uh, well, if, if a trick-or-treater comes, uh, we might not be able to get to the door in time, so 
put a nice little bucket out with a sign that says, Honor System. It's usually worked in the past if there's a day where you can't be home and you come back and some of the candy's gone and there's still some left in the bone. Look, maybe a kid grabs a couple more pieces than they should. I look out. What do I see? I see a kid. Probably like 15. I'm like, oh, hey, what's your costume? He goes, I don't have a costume. I just uh, want some chocolate. Just like, you know what? Fair enough. Have some chocolate. Then there's some awesome trick-or-treaters, super cool kids. And then we sit down. It's dark. As it is wont to be at this time of year. Day becomes night. Which becomes day once again. That was kind of poetic, right? And we're we're watching the uh, tele television. What are we watching? Eh, I'll, maybe I'll tell you someday. N O Y F B. That's what we were watching. Um. No, we were watching. Uh, we I uh, watched uh, the first episode of Luke Cage. Is it weird to cry at the end of that? Weird? No. Is it? Is it weird that I get emotional when anybody stands up in a thing to at people? You know what I mean, Dudio? And I should say, tonight we have Dudio here and AP Mike is here. Pat is on assignment. He will be checking in later. Where is he now? He's in Newark. At the, at the, at the uh, Prudential Center. Seeing a, a, a wrestling match. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. WWE SmackDown, he's seeing a wrestling match, and at this WWE SmackDown is uh, Aiden English is wrestling, right? And he is a guy who's called the show, he called the best show years ago, and he wanted a wrestling name, and I said, call yourself Dumb Oaf. But he went on to call him to be a part of the Villains. And he's a he's a, an up and coming wrestler. He's very very funny. Him, what he's doing, I think is hilarious. So he invited everyone to come, and but it's a Tuesday, so we all couldn't come. Uh, Dudio uh, said he had to be here to run the equipment very responsibly. Mike uh, already has a wrestling commitment on the books. Couldn't couldn't. Uh, do you ever think there'd be a day, Mike, when you'd be like, "Yeah, I don't feel like going to two wrestling events in the same in the same three weeks." Because Mike will be managing 
Mike is not going to see wrestling. He will be managing a team called Friends of Tom in a, versus the Super Savages in a tag team matchup on Friday, November 18th at the Queensboro Elks Lodge in Queens... And this is Jeff Cannonball, who uh, worked on the Gary the Squirrel single, the, the hardcore stuff. Jeff's band Altered Boys uh, helped put that together. So Pat's on location. He's going to check in later to tell us about that. He texts and says, i got to read this text. This is, this is when he gets to the, to the venue. Do you know about this yet, Mike? I kid you not, Mike. This is what Pat texted. And this makes me nauseous, so I'm sure you know what it's going to be about. Five minutes in, spotted a man in a masses shirt. Not a joke. So at this WWE event, there's a guy in a masses shirt. Mike said it's got to be somebody from masses. That could be. Could be a listener, Mike. Who knows? You know what? At this point, you gave so many free ones away. I think if you just, if you, if you, uh, smile at Mike, he gives you six free masses shirts. No, he doesn't do that. You gotta buy them over at apmike.bandcamp.com. That's where you get your masses shirt. And the holidays are coming up. What a what a greater treat than to get, to wake up on Christmas morning and look in the stocking and in your stocking is a or under the tree is a, a package and you open it up, you rip it open excitedly and it's a masses shirt. Imagine the look on little Billy's face or uh, uh, little Rachel's face when they see. A masses shirt is their only present. And it is a non-denominational gift, by the way, we'll say. Hanukkah, you can do a masses shirt. Kwanzaa, you can do one. A winter solstice. Any, any winter holiday of your, of your choosing. You go to apmike.bandcamp.com. So anyway, where was I? Yes, I was watching Luke Cage. And as soon as he says to like the, uh, the owners of the Chinese restaurant, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm here to defend this. And it's just like I said, I got uh, choked up, get choked up. Watch, uh, then watch Jessica Jones and suddenly she's like, yeah, I think uh, I got to stick around and, uh, can't run anymore. Got choked up again. I tell you, I'm just, a, I'm ready to. I'm ready to cry. I think I'm ready to cry. I think I'm feeling like a good cry coming on. I don't know. I don't know what's going to bring it out of me. Getting close with Luke Cage. That's bad news, man. That means anything could get it. Anything could get that cry out of me. So then we go check. Oh, the the candy. Uh, let's bring the candy in. It's gone. All the candy's gone, and the bowl's gone. A nice bowl. 
a nice candy ball. And my, my, my lovely wife said they stole the candy ball and the candy. And I was like, you know what? Look, at least we can get eggs thrown at our house. Mischief night ain't what it used to be. Halloween ain't what it used to be in terms of the aggression of things like your shaving cream, eggs. I remember when a growing up mischief night, there'd be like kids. There were like, there was like a kid on the roof of his house with a hose, like ready to like protect his house. And was he out of line? Nope. That kid, that kid knew the score. Cause kids threw eggs at everyone. One time my father and I, he had to do a thing for work. And we had to go pick something up in Cleveland, Ohio, which is how it was that like 10 hours away. Could you get from New Jersey to Cleveland in about 10 hours? We pulled this, uh, my father and I pulled this thing where we drove, drove all the way to Cleveland, drove all the way back, pulling in to New Jersey. This is after like 18 plus hours of driving back and forth, pulling in across town borders into our town. Uh, and it was October 30th. Pull in, car gets pelted by eggs. It was like we went literally into our town in New Jersey, and it was like kids were waiting to welcome welcome us back from Ohio. Not at any other point during the entire thing did we get anything thrown at us. But Mischief Night used to be something else, man. Toilet paper in the trees. You're lucky if you got that. You get eggs thrown at you. Shaving cream. Ruin a paint job on a car. Bad news. So yeah, so they stole the candy. I'm just like, look, we didn't get our house. Get eggs thrown at it. But then I sat there. And I thought about it. And I kept thinking about it. And I'm saying this right now. If you're the kid out there that stole the candy ball and the candy, keep the candy, punk. Candy's on me. But you know what? I'm coming for you with that bowl. I want that bowl back. You're going to give me the bowl back, punk. I hope you enjoyed the candy. But that bowl is not a part of Halloween. Candy is. Stealing a bowl isn't. I'm not saying what I'm going to do, kid. But if you've seen the movie John Wick, and I've seen it five times at this point, why? Because it's one of the best movies ever made. And to the people fighting with me online about that, jump in a lake. Sorry you don't understand John Wick. 
to understand that it's everything in every action movie boiled down to nothing but the pure elements of it. And it knows it! I'm coming, John. Just like when John Wick said, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back in. You know what? I'm thinking I'm back in. And just like they took John Wick's poor dog, I want my bowl. Tom Wick, look out, kid. And we're going statewide. New Jersey, look out. I want my ball back. Gonna get ya! Give me the ball! You keep the candy, you choke on the candy, you rat. You hear me, you rat? Hope you enjoyed the mini Charleston shoes. Hope you enjoyed them. They're not very good, by the way. You know why? They're not thick enough. The whole point of a Charleston Chew is that you chomp that thing and then it's so thick and it's stuck in your mouth for about ten minutes. A mini Charleston Chew? No challenge. You wrap that thing up pretty fast. And then you realize, yeah, Charleston Chew is a pretty cheap, crappy candy. It's just the presentation of it. That it's long and chewy is what makes it work. A miniature one defeats the entire purpose of a Charleston Chew. Is that the fun size? A fun-sized Charleston Chew. What's that now? Slightly longer. Than, Slightly longer. No, I, Charleston Chew, it's all or nothing with the full-size Charleston Chew. These Charleston Chew people should be ashamed of themselves for trying to get into the little bite-sized market. Stick to what you know, guys. You know Charleston Chew. It works. Try to get into the bite-sized market. You blew it. It's like the end of Easy Rider. You blew it. I'm being told to go to the hotline. Best show. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this Tom? It is Tom. Is this Pat? This is Pat. Pat Best show producer Pat Byrne is on the line. Now, I know it's no dude Vember. Pat is an exception. Pat is a, a best show producer who's out and about. Now, Pat, you are where now? I am standing outside of the Prudential Center. I mean, I'm inside, but I'm outside the main event. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the uh, near the concessions of uh, of WWE SmackDown. Okay. And I was I was uh, sent here. Uh, Aiden English, who is the newer. WWE superstar who is also a listener and an FOT. He wanted to originally send me and Judio and AP Mike. Yeah, but uh, but I was the only one who uh, who was willing and able. Mm-hmm. And so I'm here. I also brought Brett Davis along, who's here. Brett Davis, comedian. Brett Davis is there. One of my favorites. Yes, and we're here. Uh, the event's almost over, actually. Now, who res- did you watch Aiden English wrestle yet? Um, I, I don't know if uh, we came a little late, so uh, we may have missed. You might have missed it. You might have missed it. You hear that, Mike? I hope I hope they don't miss when you when you're managing. So you missed it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know if he actually wrote. Well, he may have not have been on the card. He may just be backstage. Who, who knows? Who are he the could be on right now? What's the big match? What's the big match that everybody's all excited about at this wrestling match? I'm gonna let Brad handle this one. Yeah, tonight it's uh, Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles. Who? Who, who's wrestling? Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Wait, is this a wrestling thing or uh, featured players on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of both. Dean Ambrose <laughs> featuring Dean Ambrose. And who's he wrestling? AJ Styles. AJ, the music of AJ Styles. Wasn't he in Backstreet Boys, AJ Styles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't he the one with the weird goatee? Remember that one guy in Backstreet Boys? He named himself during the heyday of the Backstreet Boys. People like the Backstreet Boys, though. I see, I see people always posting pictures that they went on like a Backstreet Boys cruise, and they they hang out with the Backstreet Boys on at at on at the uh, at sea. Now they actually do Backstreet Boys cruises. Yes, they do. Wow. Oh, a few seconds ago, we actually overheard some of the people working here asking each other if they were going to work here for the Impractical Jokers night. It's two nights away. What's that? It's two nights away. Sal was talking about that when he was here. Yeah. Well, they, they, they were uh, talking about ships during that uh, event. In fairness, Nitro Circus is 50% of that bill. Nitro Circus and the Impractical Jokers. What could go wrong? Right? I hope Sal doesn't get run over by a motorcycle. Uh, he'll, he'll probably be the one loosening the tires. No? Now, Brett Davis, you have a show on on uh, in Manhattan Cable, right? Yes, I do. And it's called what now? The, the Special Without Brett Davis. But which is a play on things because you're in it. Well, am I in it? Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I'm in it. Uh, yeah, you are. I can I can feel oh. that one. Yes, yeah. you are. I've seen I've seen a bunch of them, and you're always in it. Yeah, I'm the host. Now, what do you think of this AP Mike, uh, who seems to be one of your, uh, for lack of a better one of your the whack pack for Brett Davis's show? Right, I, I, a whack pack is a bit of a derogatory term. Like Mike is one of the. Mike is like the, is that fair to say, Mike? Mike says he's a player with the show. Yeah. He, he's more of a Taron Killam on our show. He's more of a Taron Killam, meaning you're looking to fire him. Is that what you mean by that? You're looking like to remove season, him from the program? No? Uh, it's season to season. It's, it's AP Mike wants to pursue other things. I'm not going to stop. Well, what's been the highlight of this wrestling uh, event so far? Uh, well, I saw I saw my friend Rhino. Uh, who is my friend? Rhino? Yeah. You hang out with a dude named Rhino? Uh, well, I met him through uh, the Chris Gethard show. He, was, uh, he wrestled on an episode of the Chris Gethard show. Can you guys go find out if Aiden English wrestled yet? Can you go ask one of the fans there? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, 
we're in a slightly empty part of the, the arena. All right, well, go I'm going uh, to send Brett to go ask, and I'm going to I'm going to tell you, Tom. Yes, listeners, uh, that it took five minutes of walking in the door. Five minutes until I saw somebody, a complete stranger, with a mass in a Masses Tavern T-shirt. The Masses Tavern T-shirt. Yes, and I actually interviewed him. Um, which I'll play hopefully on a half hour of power coming up soon. But okay. I, I interviewed this gentleman. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he does not know Mike or he knows the show. Uh, it was a very strange moment. We were five minutes in the door, maybe less, and a massive tavern shirt owner Wait. is just walking the grounds. Hold on a second. He knows yeah. the best show. Yeah. And has no idea who Mike is. No, no, I just meant on a personal level. Like oh. He's not, he's not, he's not a friend of Mike's or anything. He's just, uh, you know, he's just a show, he's just a, a show listener, an FOT. Alright, see? Oh, somebody's screaming. Wait, Brett's back. What happened, Brett? Hold on. Um, okay. I got the skinny. Uh, the, the Bob Villains wrestled on the pre-show. They wrestled a team known as the Ascension. I did not get the results. Uh, the man did not remember. So I'm a little disappointed because, uh, they're very entertaining at all right. Okay. Well. Well, guys, you, you're welcome to come here after the thing, after your wrestling event. Uh, you're welcome to come to the studio. That's a, it's your call, or you can go uh, party the night away. Whatever fits you guys, you go do. It's your night. Thanks, Tom. All I right. Will say, um, in addition to the mask and shirt. We learned that Wawa is the official sandwich of uh, sandwich chain of this particular stadium, Prudential Center. And we're also standing in front of a kiosk, which is just called Bayonne. And we're not kidding about that. We posted a pic on Twitter. So there's a lot of there's a lot of best show love here, whether it's direct or not. It's yeah. Just, uh, it, it seems like we're. Uh, I mean, other than it being a, a complete. Uh, Complete opposite of no due November, where we are. We're, we're in. We're in. Yes, you're in. What might as well be a, yeah. a men's rights convention, but it's. Uh, we're, we're having fun. Hold Good. on, here, Brett has something. Oh, here we I go. Think it's, uh, I'd say the the crowd is split forty sixty. Um, women, men. That that grossly overestimated. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a. Brett. That sounds like you. Brett might need to uh, learn how to count. Um. All right, dudes. Call back. Right, I'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Wrestling! Live from the Prudential Center in Newark. Best show. Hey, Tom. This is Caroline in Brooklyn. How are you doing? Caroline in Brooklyn. What's going on tonight? How are you? I'm great. I'm totally stoked for the beginning of No Dude Vember. Yeah, it's here. Finally. Right? The holiday. Last. Yes. It is here. No dude member. And you know what else I'm excited about? What's that? Getting my act together. Yeah, you want to get your act together. Me too. Right? Yeah. What do you want to do, Caroline, to get your act together? What 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 needs to be done for you? What what do you look at and you're just like, come on, fix Taking it up. A, like a bird's eye view or like a specific view? Or, or whatever first comes to mind for you. What what, what comes to mind? I will say, and I know that some listeners are going to roll their eyes at this, but I'm on the precipice of a Saturn return, which is an astrological time 
when people traditionally get their act together in your late 20s, early 30s, there's a precedent for it. So I'm trying to, you know, take the most advantage of that. Um, and also just like, you know, follow up with all the things that I committed to do for other people. It's really crummy when somebody asks you to do something and then, you know, like, I'll do it. And then you think, well, I'm doing it for free. So I can kind of wait on it. And the next thing you know, you're a bad friend. Yeah. I'm trying to be a better friend by doing more favors. All right. Yeah. That's a good way to, that's a way to get your act together. That's fair. Yeah. Cause you know what? What about you? What are you doing? Look, this is, this is where it started with me last night. Some hoodlum stole the candy and the candy bowl. Yeah. So naturally I sat there and it's not like we put all the candy in the candy bowl, but I was eating this candy out of the bag and I ate so much of it. I made myself so ill, not physically ill. I have a high tolerance for candy. (laughs) I have built up. I have built up a very high candy tolerance. But just when I looked and I felt the the wrappers and the, I was just like, what? Because I don't eat that junk all the time. But then I, when I eat it, I eat it. And I kept shoveling it in my mouth. And you know what I was eating? It was this Snickers bars. I had regular Snickers. Snickers with almonds. These are all bite-sized, by the way. Snickers with almonds. Peanut butter Snickers. Ooh, I love those. And then Snickers Crunch or Crunch. Ooh, even better. What order do you think I would put those four in? Snickers, classic Snickers, Snickers with almond, peanut butter Snickers, Snickers Crunch. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Snickers almond for first because it's a healthish choice. Interesting. Uh, and then Snickers classic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Snickers crunch and then Snickers peanut butter. You know what I'm gonna say to you is, how would I rank them? I don't think I could rank them. I think they're all perfect, and I ate so many of them. I can't I can't in any I can't in good conscience condemn or or rank any of them last because I certainly ate enough of them. What am I going to put Snickers peanut butter last? It's like, yeah, well, you had five of uh, five mini ones. Sure. You sure don't like that. You sure like them enough. It's like I'm in an argument with a Snickers peanut butter. It's like sausage party too. Like I'm arguing with candy bars, right? I'll be arguing with a Snickers peanut butter with the voice Sam Levine doing the voice of a Snickers peanut butter. You think Sam Levine would voice the Snickers peanut butter in this scenario when they make the candy sequel to Sausage Party? He very well could. Yeah. Who do you think would be Snickers Classic? Snickers Classic would probably be like, uh, like, uh. Like Chris Hemsworth, somebody like Lily Vanilla? No, because Snickers is, no, it would probably be like Bruce Dern. <laughs> that would be a great choice. I'd like to see yeah. him get more work. Yeah. Snickers Crunch could be, uh, like, uh, uh, like, uh, 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 not Kristen Wiig, uh, who would do the voice of, of, it would be, uh, who's the girl uh, on Kimmy Schmidt? Ellie, Ellie Kemper? Yeah. Yeah, Ellie Kemper could do the voice of Snickers Crunch, right? Yeah. And then Snickers Almond, uh, could be, uh, the one kid from Fresh Off the Boat, right? 
The main, yep. ki- the main kid. Man, I'll tell you that show. Have you ever watched that show, Fresh Off the Boat? I, ha- I haven't, but I hear it's very good. Well, this is the thing with that show. The main dude, the guy that based it on this, this guy who wrote this book about his tale of growing up in America as a, as a, uh, as a, a, an immigrant. I guess it was a Korean. Is that just like he, his family growing up in, in the nineties? And him being like a hip hop kid who was an Asian kid growing up in the nineties. And then he sold it. He's like, I want, this can be a TV show. And then ABC comes and they buy it from him. And then suddenly the show is like a traditional sitcom with all the peaks and valleys of a, of a network sitcom. And then he's like, wait, why is this not like a show on HBO? It's like, well, you sold it to ABC, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's a family network. Yeah, maybe you don't sell it to ABC. If you want it to be like an HBO show, you know what you might want to do? Sell it to HBO! Well, maybe HBO didn't offer him a deal on the show. Yeah. Sold it to ABC. Now he's like, man, this show's not like I thought it would be. It's a corny yeah. family show. Yeah, it's on ABC. That's a nice problem to have. Yeah. If, if ABC asked me to make a show for them, I'd tell them they could do whatever they want with it. Now look, that guy seems all right. That guy seems all right, but he just—he's got a—he's got a real highs. When ABC hands you some enormous ABC size check, you get everything that comes with being on ABC along with that huge check. Absolutely. Like no swearing on your show. Yeah, that's why. Am I selling my story? No, I'm not selling it. Why? No one's buying it. <laughs> but other than that, because I have integrity. You could do an HBO show, though, given your uh, aversion to turtle language. I think it could yeah, be a good fit. There's no way I could ever work uh, on an HBO show. Too wholesome? Show. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I could not work on an HBO show. I just don't have it in me. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for the call, and you have a grand evening. Thank you. You as well. And get your act together. I will. Bye. Yeah, man, I was eating this candy. It was gross, and I loved it. What's wrong with me? Just reaching into the bag. Chomp. I'll have another one. Chomp. And why not another one? Oh, so nauseous. Again, just nauseous from a psychological level. Not from a physical level. No. I'm trained in the art of eating candy. Think I'm going to barf from eating that? Nope. I'm good at it. I was just like, I got to get my act together. I'm sitting here eating candy bars. Think of the things I want to do with my life and what I've, what I want to do and what I've done. Right? The gulf of what I want to do and what I, what I've done. And I want to just say this. You know what I would appreciate, my friends? If you are a listener to this show, I have a few questions I'd like to ask you, um, about the best show. And this is all, in all seriousness, if you could email me at bestshowsurvey at yahoo.com, bestshowsurvey at yahoo.com. If you're a listener to the show and you know the show, uh, please email me and I would like to ask you a few questions about a few different things with the show. Thank you. 
Best show. Hi, Tom. This is Margaret in D.C. Margaret in D.C. What's going on, Margaret? Not a whole lot. How are you? I'm good. I feel better. I've not had any candy in 18 hours. It's working its way through my system. Yeah, I had to also do that. My arm did fall off this morning. (laughs) It atrophied and rotted and fell off. Mm. The Snickers Crunch did me in. What did you in, Margaret? What was the candy that did you in? Um... I actually didn't have candy this year, uh, just beer, but I was egged. You were egged? Um, oh, yeah. You're I'm from Philly, and I was at I was out, out in Philly on mischief night, and a bunch of, we, we got egged. You actually got hit by an egg? Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. One egg? It, it still happens. Well, look, it's Philly. I know it's going to happen in Philly. That doesn't doesn't surprise me. That's like the Wild West down there. So you're from D.C. and Philly? I'm from Philly. I live in D.C. now. But you were in Philly a couple days ago? Yeah, yeah. Boy, you really picked these cities. You really picked these cities. (laughs) D.C. and Philly, right? Rough stuff. Yep. Yep, yep. So you so got I hit. To, how, how, just tell in. me about getting hit by an egg first, uh, though. <laughs> what were you just walking um, down the street? I was I was outside of my my local watering hole and just a couple kids on bikes with bags of you know cartons of eggs going around egging establishments and people. And you got, you, so you were just standing there. Were you smoking a cigarette? You can tell me. You are smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So you're outside yeah. smoking a cigarette, and then mm-hmm. suddenly some kids on bikes roll by, and are you at that point like, uh-oh, or are you not thinking anything's going to happen? No, I, we, we had no idea. None of us. I mean, kids are biking in that neighborhood all the time. Um but then they slowed down, and like as as soon as as soon as they started slowing down, I kind of I whipped around, and they, you know, had their arms, you know, in the position, uh, and I and I uh, so oh no, it was uh, right there. I'm sorry, right. I'm laughing. <laughs> Did it hurt to get hit by the egg, or was it no, just no. more like? And, no, it was just slimy. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to I wanted to call in because I actually wait, I have talked to you before. I um know Jello Man. Oh, that's right. Yes. You were yes. were you did you work for Jello Man? I in fact was a Jello girl. You were a Jello cuz cuz Jello for people who don't know Jello Man is a a young uh, entrepreneur who calls the show now <laughs> and again. He's a Philadelphia businessman. Um, and he, uh, he sells jello shots at rock concerts, at festivals, and the, uh, he gets, he generally hires, uh, a, a, a few ladies to help him move his jello. Yes. And he calls them the jello girls. And they wear, Correct. were you wearing a jello, were you wearing one of his jello outfits? Oh, no, no, no. So, I, the the timeline you met 
you met Zoe Man. Oh, yeah. After I had completed my stint. Mm -hmm. So he has since kind of built up his, his, uh, the brand and the outfits and everything. It was a little bit more rugged back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little more just kind of street, street, uh, oriented. Like, like just down and dirty. (laughs) Yeah, you could call it that. It was a good thing to do while, like, in the summers during college. It was fun. It was fun to work for Jell-O Man? I mean, Paul is a lovely human. Wait, his name is Paul? (laughs) I thought his name was Jell-O Man. (laughs) Oh, he's, it it is, um... I mean, it was wild. Definitely didn't, you know, didn't have any idea what to expect from him at any time. Uh, I love Jello, man. He's a sweet guy. But then you realized yeah. enough was enough, and you got out of the Jello biz. Yeah, you know, getting my getting my act together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So it- I, I actually he taught me how to make the best Bloody Mary. Um, I was, I was in fact his, his Bloody Mary, the, the Bloody Mary maid, I would wake up early and would wear an apron and walk around the campsites with Bloody Marys for all of the people who needed to recover. So I was like the milkmaid in the mornings. Oh, that is, that's, look, uh, God bless you. But you did the, you were selling Bloody Marys at, what festivals did you sell them at? Oh, um, Bonnaroo. At All Bonnaroo. good. Yeah. Um, I met, we met at the Philadelphia Folk Festival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, who oh, headlined, who headlined the Philadelphia Folk Festival? Oh, the year um, it might have been Stan Paxton. Okay, so he's up there playing, uh, uh one of his things and then, Jello man's like screaming, "Who wants Jello shots?" Oh no! So this was like this was right as he was getting the idea, like the seed had kind of just been planted, and he was like, "I think I can turn this into a business." So he had made a bunch of Jello shots just to to have fun, like socially, and then he realized that there there was demand, um, and so that's when the ball ball really got rolling. I love it. This is this is yeah. one of, that's one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> a, a young a young man sees an opportunity, right? Yeah, Jell- yeah. Oh, he's an industrialist. If, yeah. if nothing else, his movie Jello Face, right? <laughs> it's him yep. losing his mind, and he's got a, just a pile of Jello in his office in Philadelphia. <laughs> Yeah, with his gumball machines. Yeah, the gumball. I, I can look. I, there's there's only two hours left in the show. I can't talk about <laughs> Jello Man's gumball machines. <laughs> well, you look. Thank you for the call, and you have a great night. Thank you, Tom. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. My friends, I'd like to tell you about a couple things. A couple things you should make note of. The first of which is. Watches, right? You know what it's like. You get these watch. You want a nice watch? They're expensive. 
or you buy some cheapo watch and it, 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 it's, it's not reliable. Yeah, that's why you need to get, you don't need to get your hands on one. You need to get your wrist on one. MVMT watches, movement watches, MVMT watches. And these are really nice watches. Uh, the company was started by two broke college kids, not unlike Jello Man. They wanted stylish, wa- stylish watches, but they couldn't afford them. So what they did is they started their own watch company. And they built them up and they started offering high quality watches at an affordable price starting at $95. These are watches that in a department store would be $400, $500 easily. So yeah, so by uh, selling the watches online, they were able to cut out the middleman and uh, and avoid that high retail markup, giving you the best possible price. And these watches... uh are really nice. They have uh, styled minimalism, classic design, quality construction. You go, you know what you do? You want a nice watch at a good price? You go over to mvmtwatches.com slash best show and you check out all the different styles. They got some really nice watches up there. I, I, I have one. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful, clean, simple watch. Easy to read, very nice, very affordable. MVMTWatches.com slash special. You go there and you're going to get, a, you're going to get with your purchases 15% off your purchase with free shipping and free returns. And again, just go there, pick a nice watch out. Holidays are coming up. MVMTwatches.com slash best show. 15% off your purchase with free shipping and free returns. MVMT watches. They say join the movement. I say tell time, bruh. That's what I say. And let me tell you all about it. You guys like movies, right? You like movies, Mike? Mike likes movies. Well, Mike, there's two movies I want to tell you about. The first of which is brought to you by Amazon Studios and Magnolia Pictures. It's Gimme Danger, directed by Jim Jarmusch, which is the story of Iggy Pop and the Stooges, one of the greatest bands of all time. They came out of Ann Arbor amidst the counterculture revolution and Stooges' powerful and aggressive style of rock and roll was unlike any other band. You know this, it's the Stooges, one of the best bands ever. And this movie's a love letter to the Stooges and to Iggy, who narrates their adventures and misadventures, along with the Ashton brothers, James Williamson and Danny Fields. And critics are calling Gimme Danger essential viewing for Stooges fans and a loving tribute to one of the greatest rock groups. I can't wait to see it. I've heard, so I talked to a few people who saw it. They're like, you are going to flip when you see Gimme Danger. And it is playing in theaters in New York City and Detroit and opening across the country this Friday. Give me danger. And speaking of Danny Fields, there's a movie Danny Says. It's a new documentary about Danny Fields, also from Magnolia. Magnolia Pictures. Danny Fields is an incredibly funny raconteur and the hero of the book Please Kill Me, which documents the history of U.S. punk. He was the guy who brought you 
the Velvet Underground and the Stooges, uh, the Modern Lovers and the MC5 and the Ramones. Danny Fields, one of those guys who was there. His story is unbelievable, uh, and it's true. And critics are calling Danny says easily one of the most entertaining films of the year. And Danny says is available now on iTunes and Amazon video. Two movies to check out. Gimme Danger, which is in theaters in New York City and Detroit right now and opens across the country this Friday. And Danny says, which you can get on iTunes or Amazon video. Movies. Watch them, bro. There you go. Right? Let's do, oh, they'll do better. Give me danger. Funhouse, bro. Danny Fields. Rockaway Beach, bro. And last but certainly not least, I present to you, the best show listener, the word about Squarespace. You know Squarespace. We've been talking about it for a while, and people come to me all the time. They say, Tom, I use Squarespace to build my website, and it was a great deal, and it's a great site, and it was easy to do. So whether you need uh, a, a web presence, no matter how big or small, whether it's just a landing page or a gallery, a professional blog, an online store, all of that is included in your Squarespace website. You go over to Squarespace and build that website without having to know code, add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You get a free custom domain if you sign up for a year. The customer support is great, 24-7. Every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. So no matter how technical your problem or trivial-seeming your question, one of the team is always online ready to assist you. So this is what you do. Squarespace is the site, squarespace.com. You go to squarespace.com. You enter offer code BESTSHOW. To get 10% off your first purchase, Squarespace, build that website. Now it says here, tagline, use only if you feel like the ad needs a tagline to wrap up. This is definitely not required. They say, Squarespace, set your website apart. I say, no. I say, Squarespace. Build your website, bruh. Speaking of the Ramones, did you see that Ramones exhibit, Dudio, Mike? Yeah, and the one in Queens. It was near the uh, giant Beastie Boys globe. You know the one they built for the uh, gatefold to uh, license to ill. They built the giant globe. Ramones are like, you think about the Ramones and it's always just like, they did it so simply. It was so, like, so pure and simple. I gotta get back more to that, right? 
feel like I feel like we're doing. I mean, is this getting too complicated? Is this too? Are we are we getting into like Rick Wakeman territory with the best show now? I gotta get simple with it, strip it down, get the message to the people. Well, the message is no dude Vember. The month of November, no dudes allowed to call. Two zero one three three two three four eight four. No dudes. When I went to that Ramones exhibit out there at the Queens Museum, it was really great. They had so much stuff from the remote, from the archives, all the jackets and the, the posters and things. And then they had this side room where they were showing concerts and video and stuff. And then there was, uh, this concert. They were showing this concert. It was like great, like probably like 78, I guess. And then the, this couple, uh, bring in, they go in and they have bring in a little kid with them. Kids probably about like six, five, maybe, maybe even younger, probably like four or five, actually. Ramones are playing on the screen. This kid, he's watching, he starts like dancing. Kid's having a great time. Music's playing. This kid's dancing around. And then there's like a guy watching it, or like sitting in the theater watching, and he looked so mad at this kid dancing to the music of the room. It's like, you you can't, you're mad. Hold on, you go to a tribute, uh, uh, an exhibit paying tribute to the Ramones, and you're irked. You're irked that a child is connecting with the music being celebrated at this which at this exhibit which is like the isn't that like the ultimate reason why you would want to do a thing like that is to have the music become new again to where a a kid is dancing and having so much fun listening to it but this guy was like burning holes in this kid's eyes, face as if his dancing was like ruining him sitting there watching them. And the kid wasn't screaming and stuff. The kid just dancing around. The guy was so mad. Oh, what's wrong with this kid? I'm trying to watch this Ramones footage here. And now there's a kid dancing in here to it. Can't I watch this stuff without being distracted? It's a little kid. Validating the thing you love too. And I'll say this too. Ramones. When that aesthetic went bad, oh boy. The posters, the shirts, they went from being the coolest looking things to like, holy moly. These guys, and they don't, they, they don't know what looks good here. To like cornball. Yeah. When they, when they, when they lost the focus, uh, in terms of aesthetics, it was gone. Look at the cover of, uh, Adios Amigos. That's all you need to know. Let's have a dinosaur with a sombrero on his head. Yeah, that's good. You guys once had the coolest looking records you ever saw in your life. 
Now this record's got a, a, a dinosaur with a sombrero on his head. Best show. Hey, what's up? Not a whole lot. Uh, to whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Kathleen. I'm from Old Bridge, New Jersey. Kathleen from Old Bridge, New Jersey. What's up in Old Bridge tonight? Uh, well, I'm actually living in Baltimore now, but I thought I'd just throw that out there. So you moved from New Jersey to Baltimore. Yep. What brought you to Baltimore? What made what made that decision for you? Oh, my boyfriend got a job over here, and I hated my job, so I ended up quitting it and coming here. Where is he working? At Maryland House? Out on 95? <laughs> How did you know? No, he's not. No, he's not. Wouldn't that be cool if he did, though, right? And every day he's Yeah, I think that would be, like, a really cool job for my boyfriend to have. Right? If he's like... We're moving to Maryland. Pack your stuff. <laughs> We're moving. I just got a job at Maryland House. The rest stop on 95. <laughs> I'm working at the uh, the seafood place. Yeah, free shrimp. Yeah, free shrimp. He brings home some free lobster bisque every night, right? Maybe it's yeah, a, little, so a little sweaty. Maybe it's free that shrimp. Thing. Yeah. Um, I actually called to talk to you about the Cheesecake Factory, but I feel like that's not appropriate anymore given your theme of trying to get your life together. Oh, I'll talk to you about Cheesecake Factory. What do you want, right. what do you I want just to talk about? To, I wanted to uh, hear about like what you think about it, your feelings. My feelings about Cheesecake Factory. I think uh, the menu's too big. It's like a 45-page okay. menu. Right? Right. They sure seem to have some some uh, uh, some passion for putting chicken in everything. <laughs> you have Who to all, you all what? Who doesn't? Yeah. Well, look, every, literally everything there has chicken in it. You have to tell them, like, no chicken in the iced tea. You go there. Yeah, I'd like iced tea <laughs> uh, with no chicken in it, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's kind of like the Google of food. Like you go there, and they they have anything you could ever want. Yes, if you, as long as what you want is a, an avocado egg roll deep fried, <laughs> then you can you can get anything you'd ever want. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the most fattening items. It wasn't there a point when Cheesecake Factory had like the menu was determined to be like like it was the most fattening chain. Of all, like the menu was like the unhealthiest. Yeah, I just played a game online and you had to pick from like one of five different things that you thought had the most calories at Cheesecake Factory. Yes. And the number one thing had like 4,000 calories. 4,000 calories. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, it was just like a pasta with chicken. Could you imagine 4,000? What are they putting in it? Cake? <laughs> Is there yeah. cheesecake in the pasta? <laughs> I hope so. What was the dish that was 4,000 calories? Can you remember? It was literally, it was like a Louisiana-style chicken pasta. <laughs> that, it was like so, it didn't seem like it would be so many calories, but it was. I'm looking at a thing here. Some of the things at Cheesecake Factory 
they had a brulee French toast, which was almost 2,800 calories with <laughs> 93 grams of saturated fat. Wow. Could you imagine? And they had a farfalle with chicken and roasted garlic, which was 2,400 calories. You're making me hungry. Oh, stop. You're not hungry when you talk about this stuff. It should make you want to throw up. Makes me nauseous thinking about eating that trash. Yeah. Well, I also have um, a cautionary tale for you in the theme of getting your life together, and it's about Charleston Chews. All right. This Now you've intrigued me. Talk, Charleston okay. Chew talk. All right, so when I was um, a young child in New Jersey, um, my dad said, we're going to have a big day out. We're going to go see Meet the Parents in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, so we went to Quick Check, and we got all of our candy to sneak in, and my dad got some Charleston shoes. So let me just get this. So let me try to picture this. You're a New, you're a New Jersey family. Uh -huh. You're swinging by the multiplex. But before you go Amboy there. Cinemas. Rest in peace. Where's that? Amboy Cinemas, rest in peace. Amboy Cinema, you kidding me? I saw so many movies at Amboy Cinema when I was a little kid. I spent, yeah, me too. I spent a birthday at Amboy Cinemas. I, my parents dropped me off there. I just watched movies all day. Look, I had problems. Wow. Did I have problems as a kid? Yeah. Did they let me <laughs> walk into any R-rated movie? I was 13 at the oldest, and I was like just buying tickets for whatever I wanted. I just walked into, didn't care. Wow. So you yeah. pull off at the Quick Check, which is a New Jersey uh, convenience store chain for people who don't know. Um, it's so, like a shitty Wawa. Hey, watch your language. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Watch your mouth. That's the Baltimore coming out in you. I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> Someone from New Jersey wouldn't talk like that. That's Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> My bad. You got a little too much uh, Dan Deacon in you now. <laughs> so you're you go into the to the um, the quick check. You buy candy on the cheap, right? Um, so my dad loads up on like a ton of Charleston chews because um, he's a, an older man, and then when we were in the movie, he was chewing on them, and he heard a crack. And it turns out that his tooth had cracked on a Charleston shoe. So we go home. He sets up an appointment with the dentist. Um, and my dad decided to ride his bike there because it was only like half a mile away. On his way to the dentist, he ends up getting hit by a car. <laughs> has to be helicopter lifted to the hospital. Oh. And he's totally fine now, which is why I'm telling this story. But it all happened because of a Charleston shoe. So your dad... You're seeing you're seeing Meet the Parents, the movie that had um, the Ben Stiller movie where he had to uh, gets forced to wear like a speedo bathing suit, and right, it's right. supposed to be humiliating. But then you realize Ben Stiller has like an eight pack and is like totally ripped. <laughs> but somehow that's supposed to be humiliating that he like was showing off his totally muscular torso. Yeah. You're supposed to be like, oh, look how embarrassing that is. We're like, wait, no, this guy is like in optimal human shape. Yeah, a like, movie star. Yeah, he should walk around in a Speedo all day long. But so then you're yeah. there with your family watching this movie. <laughs> Not weird in any way watching. What's the weirdest movie you watched with your with uh, your parents? 
Oh, okay. It's funny that you asked because when we were talking about Amboy Cinemas, I had a flashback. My mom took me to see The Passion of the Christ at Amboy Cinemas, and that was probably the weirdest one. Now, did you sneak candy into that? <laughs> That's a good question. Probably. Were you, were you just like... Probably crunch bars. You were just like, pass me the raisinets. <laughs> yeah. Like you're watching the movie, you're just like... <laughs> um, so your dad is chomping on a Charleston Chew, cracks his tooth, decides to ride his bike to the dent. Well, I'm going to say this story, the villain of this story, is not the Charleston Chew. It's your dad and his bicycle. Your well, dad to be is. Fair, my dad didn't have a license. He didn't have a license. Nah. So your dad didn't have a license. Right. So he so he rides his bike. Look, I'm not going to get into why your dad didn't have a license. <laughs> so he's riding his bike to the dentist, and then he gets hit by a truck or a car. Just a regular sedan. Just a sedan. And then he has to get airlifted. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He had a... He had what? A neck brace. <laughs> How long was he laid up from this accident? Hello. Hi. Hi. How long up? was How long was he laid up from the accident? Oh, probably like two months. It was. It wasn't that oh. traumatic. It was speedy recovery. Two months. That's insanely <laughs> traumatic. I'm just like paralyzed for life. Can you get your dad to call in? Oh, no. <laughs> I would break the... Logistics no... of a three-way call are beyond what he oh, can no. do. No, I just want him to call. He can just call. He can just call. He doesn't have to do it with you on the line. I'll tell you what. I could arrange that over Thanksgiving. Well, let's make it happen over Thanksgiving. I will... Uh, we'll make that happen. Yeah, right. you got to hear both sides. All right. Let's hear... Now, on your way out, I want you to celebrate your former hometown of Old Bridge. Give us the old... Give us the Old Bridge... The, the chant. Let's hear it. Oh. What was the team from Old Bridge? Old Bridge. Old Bridge. No, that's not a. That's not the Old Bridge chant. That's any chant where you just <laughs> scream the name one syllable at a time. All right. Thanks. Can for you give me a hint? I don't know. It's your town. What was the team? Oh, I didn't go to public school, so I don't know. Oh, well, excuse us. Oh. I went to a shitty Catholic. Oh, there you go. It's the language. Hi, Pat. What's with the toilet mouth? No dude Vember might be to a toilet zone. This might be a toilet zone. I'm going to have to dump this. might be a straight up toilet zone. Best show. Hello? Hello. <laughs> hey, is this Tom? This is Tom. To whom am I speaking? This is Sunday from Nashville. I talked to you at the Sweet Knives show. Hold uh, on a at second. Bond Objects. Yes. Sun Sunday. Sunday, like the day. Like the day, not like the with a Y though. Ice cream. Not like the ice yeah, cream. yeah, with a Y, not the ice cream. You know. Sure. How it's, are it's you? It's more. It's classy. It is. Cla I like. I think that's a yeah. that's a very nice name. Sunday is a very nice name. Thanks. How are you, Sunday? <laughs> Doing good. Just got back from Las Vegas. 
Nice. What was in Las and, Vegas? What brought you to Las Vegas? Well, uh, Halloween, but also I eloped. <laughs> you eloped in Las Vegas. Congratulations. Yes, yes. I know this is getting your life together, but this is maybe getting your life together, you know, question mark, because <laughs> it's Vegas, so. <laughs> well, was it unexpected? Well, we had gotten engaged, but, um, you know, we figured we'll have a big party, but we wanted it to be really casual. Mm-hmm. But then we were going to Vegas anyway, so we were like, well, this is very convenient, you know. And so we can have the best of both worlds, Well, as they say. Well, Sunday, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, it was at the one of those, like, weird little chapels with, like, a lot of wallpaper and, you know, crystal stuff and uh, gold spray paint and all that other stuff. And it was at 930 in the morning. Well, that's nice, right? Was it? Was it? Yeah. Was it? Was it uh, romantic? I I think it was. They were going for the idea of romance. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it was romantic. I feel like it was maybe just more like a, a bit like a mess, but it was fun. It was like a fun mess. Sure, but I the two like, the two of you doing this was its own special thing that had. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it was corny, but I cried. I cried the whole time. Of course, you... I don't think anyone. Yeah. You should. That, look, I was watching uh, Luke Cage. I was trying to not to cry my eyes out for whatever weird reason because I'm on the verge of God knows what. <laughs> so if I was if I was eloping at a thing, of course I'd be crying. Oh, yeah. Oh, I cry. I mean, I think I just cry at every, I mean, commercials even tear, you know, tear me up. So, mm-hmm. of course, like, no one could stop me in that situation. Like, right, the minute I lined up, I was like, here it goes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, yeah, be gross so, this son, whole time. We met at, at Fond Object, which is the the store in Nashville uh, run uh-huh. by uh, the, the Etts. Yeah. This is Coco yeah. and Pony and Jem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we talked about um, Graceland actually, because I think you you were going to go, or you had gone, had or something like that. I oh went, yeah, you had gone. I had gone yeah. earlier that day in Memphis. Uh-huh. I took my mom yeah. there. Yeah, Graceland's pretty wonderful, except for the ending, which is you know the most memorable and the scariest part, which you know ends in his grave. So yes, I think we can say spoiler alert. Yeah, when you go to, yeah. When you go to Graceland, mm-hmm. you go through the house. Yeah. And you see all and the I, things. You know, and then the, the final things. thing that you see, you step yeah. through a door and suddenly you're standing in front of pretty much the entire Presley family buried. Oh, all of them. Yeah, yeah. like like dear cousin Jeffrey and like all this other stuff. And then, you know, of course the man himself. Which I didn't, I had no idea. It's not like they advertised that at the no, tour, you know. They don't tell they you don't, that's coming. <laughs> there's not a, a whisper of this may happen to you yeah, at the no, end. <laughs> no, suddenly you're there. It's like, his, what a weird, yeah. what a weird way to end it. And, and it, like to not know that's coming, it's, ha- it's yeah. hard. I know, I know. Like, you know, they have, what is it? Stalin has like a, you know, a glass case somewhere. He's in it. But you know you're going to see the man himself. I think, like, with Graceland, you just think you're going to see the corniest house with tons of cool memorabilia. Yeah, and then, Bam, then his, is. his grave. I know. Oh, my God. Oh, Sunday. What oh, are we going to do? I'm, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I down the, the, the dark 
Halloween oh. mess of So what is Hall- <laughs> what is Halloween in Las Vegas like Sunday? Oh, it's it's a mess. It all you know it smells like is face paint, like gooey that like plasticky kind of smell when you get the cheap face paint and uh-huh. and everyone's kinda of walking by you and you just get a couple whiffs. It's, it's like okay. and people are scary. They dress up scary in Vegas. Either it's very scary or very funny. They're like no in the middle costumes. Like, were there a lot of scary clowns? Were there a lot of scary clowns? Yeah, there was there was clowns. There was these guys on stilts that I just was like, you know, I like I want to pretend that I'm not scared so they don't bother me, mm-hmm. you know. But I was really scared. <laughs> they were tall as trees, yeah. just like in horrible makeup on the street. Well, you should chasing, be scared. you know kind of scaring people. You should be scared if you're there in March and that's going on. I know. Yeah, exactly. On Halloween, your people can hide behind a, a costume. <laughs> there, exactly. In, in you know, they don't have to. They don't have to put on a costume. They could just be their horrifying selves. Yeah. You know, Look, it's, a, it's a moral lesson. Now, Sunday, <laughs> do, you, do you know who AP Mike is? Do you know who AP Mike is? Sunday. Yes, I do. He was bragging to me. Before oh, what? The show. You know this whole scary clown thing. Yeah, of course, yeah. They're everywhere. Mike was bragging to me. He said, uh, I wasn't sure what, I I was trying to even figure it out. I wasn't sure if he was dressed as a scary clown, or if he was... (laughs) He's part of the problem. Or if he was chasing down scary clowns. I don't like it either way. The way I think is what he was saying, and Michael confirmed this later, uh, he actually left for a little bit now, when he's back. I think he's yeah. going to check. He said he wanted to check on the to make sure the server over at apmike.bandcamp.com was still uh, up and running. That um, sounds like a cover. He's going to get on his clown gear and yeah. crawl the streets. I think what he it's, did is he dressed like a scary clown and then like mm-hmm. was like a like then like attacked scary clowns. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I, I mean, in that process, though, aren't you still a scary clown? Like, if you put if you put on the costume, I yeah, mean, you'd think. then you're still part of the, you know, yeah. you're still part of the scary clown posse, even if you're getting scary clown. Isn't it it's amazing? Like a De- the Dexter conundrum. Every you're still yeah, a murderer, yeah, it is, even if yeah. he's murdering murderers. It's the Dexter conundrum. That's what I'm going to tell yeah, him exactly. when he comes back. Now, yeah. you know what the thing with these scary clowns is? Isn't it amazing? Everybody ha- has hated clowns since the beginning of time, right? Everybody yes, hates clowns. of course. We are yeah. finally seeing the end of clowns. Yeah, this- I agree. Now we're just all agreeing that there's no laughs to be had. There's only... Laughs? What yeah. laugh? What <laughs> laugh is there to be had from a clown? Could you imagine? What clown? None. When's the last time a clown made anyone laugh? Never, never. I have never laughed. I can only, I have these flashes of just terror. Like, I think about, you know, American Horror Story. Like, it's all just, it's terrifying. I don't even like to think about it. Yeah, I'm not into this clown biz. Good riddance to the clown. Sorry, if there's any clowns listening and this is, your industry's taking a hit, I'm sorry, but it's time to say goodbye (laughs) to the clown. Just get a get a Spider Man costume or something. Yes, Just love Spider Man. That's, That's much a, more pleasant. Yes. Thank you, Sunday. Yeah. All right. Look, you yes. you 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 call anytime you want, Sunday, and you congratulations oh. on your on your uh, your nuptials and uh, and uh, you are getting your act together. You did something very exciting, and uh, uh, congratulations. 
Thank you. Oh, and will you give a shout-out to Kyle, who is probably listening somewhere inside the house? <laughs> Who's Kyle now? Is this your oh, that's, spouse? Oh, that's my, I guess, my husband. It's very weird to say. Right, but yeah, yes. he's. <laughs> you go your whole it's, it's, life. Sunday, you go your whole life. And you're on one side of the line in terms of being married, and then one day you're on the other yeah. side of this line. It's strange. It isn't feels it? surreal. It's you know. Yeah. It just yeah. Voila. You know. Well, there you are. Oh, I want to say to Kyle, Kyle, congratulations. You and Sunday are going to have a, a, a great life together. Oh, thank you. Bye. All right. Well- You know what I want to do in a couple – in December we'll do this. Wait, no, in December – no. Let's do this in a couple weeks. What if we played – and this would require some help from the listeners. You, the best show listener. This would require some help. Best show bingo. What would that be? Well, you'd I would need people to draw bingo boards – based on things I would say on the show. And then whoever gets bingo posts it. If I say the things within one show and you get bingo, then, then you win. You win, uh, you know. I know I got to send people prizes for who went to the mural. We're getting to that. I'm doing all this stuff myself. I asked Mike for help. He said, you know what Mike said? I said, hey, Mike, you know, I promised everybody I'd send them something who took a picture from them. You know what Mike said? APMike.bandcamp.com. That's what he said to me. I was like, well, what, what the, how does that tie into what I, uh, I need to mail these things out to people? And then he said, APMike.bandcamp.com. I was like, I'm not sure what you're trying to say to me here. And then he said, APMike.bandcamp.com. I was like, fine. I get it. You're not helping. So we'll say, I'm going to send that stuff out. Let me let me get my my house in order here. But uh, if whoever who would help come up with uh, uh, best show bingo, wouldn't that be fun? All of a sudden you hear me say, "Get off my phone." Then you know you got that on the board, right? For example, for things like that, let's figure that out. Best show. Hi. Hi. This is Remy. Who is this now? This is Remy from Flagstaff. Remy? Romy. Romy. Yeah. Like Romy and Michelle? Like that R-O-M-Y? Yeah. I'm sure you've never heard anybody reference that movie in in relation to your name, right? This is the first time? (laughs) Not really. What's up, Romy? Um, well, I heard your show where you guys tried the Angriest Whopper, and I was wondering if you saw the Halloween Whopper. Wait, no, no, I know, no, what is the Halloween Whopper, and how soon, these are the two questions I have. Number one, what is the Halloween Whopper? Question number two, how fast can I get Mike and Pat and Dudio eating one of them? <laughs> Probably pretty quickly. Now, what is it's, in this thing? What's in a Halloween Whopper? Well, it's um, all black. The whole bun is black. The whole and uh, I guess it has 
some kind of steak sauce cooked into it. This sounds literally like the Angry Whopper, right? <laughs> Pretty much, but it's black. So it has a black bun instead of a red bun. The Angry Whopper had a red bun, apparently. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you think I should send these clods out to go eat a Halloween Whopper? Um, I think that you should. And also, because I, I was going to ask you if you've seen that someone at Vice had a death party, a Whopper death party, where they got a bunch of these burgers and posed with them. And then what? Died? Uh, it was really creepy. They were dressed like in maybe the way that people would dress in the 60s for Halloween. Super creepy. They, I, I guess it was some kind of photo shoot. Mm-hmm. What if I did this? What if Romy, what if I may, what if AP Mike dressed like an angry clown and then went to Burger King and ate a uh, Halloween Whopper and we filmed it? How much would you pay to see that? Um, $5? Oh, definitely. Mike, what, how much would that cost to get you to dress like an, a, a scary clown and go into a Burger King and just go, one Halloween Whopper, please. How much? Five bills. What's what's five bills? How much is that? Five hundred. Five bills. What what am I talking to? A, a loan shark out there? Five bills. Like 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 he's running a sports book. Five bills. Mister Big Shot I mean, out I, there. Five bills. I probably I'd up it to like twelve. You'd pay twelve. You're in for twelve dollars. Yeah. To get Mike to eat a uh, Halloween Whopper dressed like a scary clown. Yeah, I mean at least it's to eat it. All right. Look, I don't want to start this because it'll happen and it'll be bad, <laughs> and then he'll blame me, and then he'll mention apmike.bandcamp.com again. I think I'm almost done. He contracted me to mention apmike.bandcamp.com. I had to do 60 placements of it, as, as it's called. And I'm almost done. Yes. All right, Romy. Look, I might do it. We might send him out dressed as an angry clown, uh, a Halloween whopper clown or whatever he'll be. We'll see. Okay, sounds good. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Best show. What's up, Tom? Rodney out in sub-east Newbridge here. Wait. Rodney? How did you get through, Rodney? Oh, I, I put my sister Debbie on, on to get through. I know that's cheating. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that's cheap. We're trying to do a thing. It's no dude Vember. It's just uh, trying to make it with without dudes calling. So you you got past Mike by having your sister talk? It was a bit of trickery. I, I I will admit. I'm sorry. Are you mad at me? No, I'm not. I'm not mad at you. I don't love it. You're not happy with me, though. I, I'm not I'm, happy. That's what. That's the perfect way. To put it. I'm not happy with you. I'm not mad at you. Oh, okay. So what's up, Rodney? Well, you know, just recovering from last night. Probably like a lot of people out there, right? Probably a lot of Halloween partying going on. Yeah. Did you get many uh, trick or treaters? We got some. Yeah. That's some, yeah. I got, 
I got a ton. Okay. Because I, I live right next to the Shires at Newbridge Muse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, you're over. A lot of kids there, right? Sure. Yeah. So you get a lot of trick-or-treaters. I did. A lot of great costumes. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, I'm trying to think of what there was. There was like... Uh, uh, what was there? Snow White, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Cinderella, John Wayne Gacy, um, Pocahontas, Richard uh, Ramirez... Who else? Uh, Sleeping Beauty, the Zodiac Killer. A lot of really fun and creative kids in this neighborhood. Yeah, I, I, it seems like your those costumes, like every other one was horrifying. How so? Well, they were serial killers. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. You're right. I just figured they were, they were scary, these scary guys, you know. Scary baddies. Oh, so like kind of no different than wearing like a Darth Vader costume or something. Not really. Except, guess, well, now I'm thinking about it, and now I, I see your point. Sure, yeah. Except the, the the only difference is that they these guys actually were murderers in the real very world. prolific killers. Yes. Yeah. In in actual life, not yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sense. Well, noted. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah noted. But I'll tell you, these kids in my neighborhood very well behaved, really great kids, okay. until they realized there was no candy. Oh, well, why was there no candy? Well, look, I don't want to get into it, but I've had a very rough year. Um, I was fired from Consolidated Ball Bearings for showing my, to one of the maintenance guys eight times. I had to bleep that. That was a short bleep. I figured, yeah. Yeah, I caught that one, thankfully. You, is it true that your finger is always hovering over, what's it called, the kill switch engage? What's it called? It's the the dump button. The dump button. You, you have James McNew there? No, he's not here tonight, James, but his, I guess, see, that's his band, Dump. So you're doing like a little music uh, punch. Ge- it was a genuine question. No, okay, well, I'll give you a genuine answer. No, James McNew is not here tonight. Also noted. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. But look, so anyway, m- money is tight, so I and I couldn't afford a bunch of candy, so I opted for tricks instead of treats. Okay, so when the kid said trick or treat, I would say, okay, let's here's 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 a magic trick. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Tom, back in the nineties, it was very different. You, you know, all you had to do was guess what car the kid was holding, and he he was he was pretty much mesmerized. You know. You were like a god to him, right? If you could just do a little trick like that. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally different now, though. How so? Well, these kids want that Chris Angel mind beast level stuff where you you make the ocean disappear or you, t- you turn a building into a blade of grass and then you turn it into like a gorilla and it goes into uh, space. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's well. I, I don't have those kind of magic chops yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't well, that actually, I don't know if that's an actual trick that you just described. That sounds, he does that stuff, right? Like, doesn't he? He like start walking on air and then he like blows up and then he reconstitutes somewhere else. He's done stuff like that. He'll levitate and, but I don't know if he blows up and then regenerates somewhere else. Oh. Well, those billboards that I see look make imply that something of that magnitude, don't yeah, they? Yeah. I guess, I guess. Uh, he's, he's like a rock star on the level of um, who's the guy that who's like a cross between um, who's Rock's only guitar player? 
Um, Slash? No, the other the other only guitar player. Oh, Dave Navarro. Uh, Dave Navarro, yes. Yes. It's kind of like a cross between him and, and Chris Gaines. Like when you're doing... Yeah, that is... That's true. Okay. So he's like he's like half Chris Gaines, half Dave Navarro? Yep. It's like it's like you go get Dave Navarro if you're like a television variety show producer. Exactly, yeah. And you're like we got to get a band on this thing. So then you're like let's get Dave Navarro to play guitar on it. Who all right, who who's um who's the drummer? Well, it'd be you go for Dave Grohl. Yes. Who is the singer? The singer you'd probably get um Adam Levine, yep, or like maybe John Legend. Uh, yes, music's only singer. Yes, those are music's only singers, and or, or, or I would say politics only singer. Mm-hmm. They're po- they're the only singers in. John Legend is okay. Yeah, he's the singer for politics. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bass, of course, is uh, Duff. No. Who would play bass? Oh, please, come on. Rock's only bassist. Flea. Oh, of the course. The choice for the faces. That's reunion. right. Yes. Yeah. The faces. Hey, guys. The faces are getting back together. You know Rod Stewart, Ron Wood, Kenny Kenny Jones. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, what, what's his face is dead now. Uh, 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 there were two of them. There was Ronnie uh, Lane. Uh, Ronnie Lane and then the the Japanese man. Yes, he was the bassist after Ronnie Lane left. Yeah. So, but it's a thing like good old good old, our our mate Ronnie Lane isn't here anymore because we're just we're just some lads down at the pub having a, having a, 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 a pint at the pub. Yeah, having a pint at the pub. It's it's Rod with his wearing his tartan. Uh, Soccer, like his yep. football team, like Ronnie, Ronnie, and and Kenny, and 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 uh, Ron, and but who can play bass since Ronnie's gone? Oh, let's get the guy who was the bass player on Party on Your Bleep to play bass. You know the guy from Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Let's go to the call box and and ring him up. Put him on the blower. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he's too busy playing bass with Tom York. That's true. Right now, <laughs> you know that that guy who is the 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 front man for the last new prog rock band going. <laughs> yes. Let's go get the let's go get the guy who played bass on Danny California. Sounds good. Works on paper. Yes. Uh, so. So that would be oh. the variety show. That's who you'd get for like an award show. Would be I that would band. yes, yeah, yeah. So how do we get? Oh, oh, so 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 I, I do my magic, right? Mm-hmm. No one's into it. So none of the trick or treaters were into your magic. No, because I don't have the. T- I can't. I can't do the stuff that they want to see. You know. So these kids start pelting me with the Bible pamphlets that old lady McDonough down the street put in their candy bags. Okay. And I'm, I'm just like cowering in the corner. I'm, I'm a victim in my own house. Getting hit by Bibles. Yeah, Bible pamphlets. Bible pamphlets. Yes. Big difference. Sure. Bible well, pamphlets are thinner. 
you, they would be. Uh, I would say they would be um, uh, noticeably thinner. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's a good book title for like. I don't know if someone slimmed down a lot. Noticeably thinner. Like, like if Artie Lang had a new book, had, like had a a redo of two, you know what I mean, like of too fat to fish. Yes, and now his new one is called Noticeably Thinner. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah. good. That would be good. Let's write that down. Uh, I already. I uh, okay. Let me actually write it down. You're right. One time after doing the best show, I went to uh, a diner. Mm-hmm. In Hoboken, after doing the show on WFMU, and Artie Lang walked in Ooh. to the diner at about two in the morning, and he ordered two roast beef sandwiches. No, two, two. Wow! And then got them, and then left. Maybe he was he had a partner, well, it could an have eating been. partner. Could have been. I just don't understand why anyone would go to a diner and get a roast beef sandwich, like. You know, you know what I mean? Like, why are you just ordering like del- deli sandwiches at a diner? A little weird. At That's the time. one. One for the ages. A little weird at the time. Sorry, sorry, Rodney. I think I you went right? off. I'm good. I just think I went off point there for a second. That's okay. So, so, so anyway, I'm carrying. I'm, I'm cowering in the corner there, and I get this brilliant idea. Yeah. Tom, I'm a total comedy nerd, right? Okay. Like I, I love, I love like Andy Kindler, uh, Dane Cook, Todd Barry, um, Jeff Foxworthy, Bill Hicks, Jeff Dunham, uh, Patton Oswalt, Larry the Cable Guy, Sharpling and Worcester, Carrot Top. It seems like every other person you mention, uh, there seems to just be some kind of pattern. But that's neither here nor there. You're a comedy nerd. I am. Yes. Yeah. So, so I figure, all right, magic. Do- Magic didn't work, so I started doing stand-up or treat. Stand-up or treat. Actually, I guess it was stand-up and no treat. Okay. Because I didn't have any candy at all. So a treat treat wasn't even an option. No. No option of a treat. So I start riffing on the kids. I'm doing okay, but I'm not not great. And I'll tell you, man, stand-up is way harder than you think it is. Like, I never really thought about it before. I thought you'd just go up there and make stuff up. But as I was doing it, I started to realize that maybe the guys and women who do it, who are really good, actually write the stuff down. I'm pretty sure they do write the stuff down, yes. Okay. Yeah, that seems like a pretty, um, a, a pretty, a pretty, uh, gr- foundational thing for comedy. Okay. So, Anyway, I start busting on this one 12-year-old load, and he's wearing this old suit, a cape, and a big white beard. And he's got, you know, he's got like a big, a big pillow under his, under his, uh, you know, his, you know, to have a larger carriage. Mm-hmm. And so I go, and and over here we have Santa Claus all gussied up to go see the Gypsy Kings. Okay. And, and of course, the kids didn't get it at all. You know, they, they didn't get the, the reference. Tepid laughter at, at best. Uh-huh. And just then, the kid in the beard and the cape. Yeah. He, he he says in this deep voice. He goes, "There's no known way of saying an English sentence unless you begin a sentence with in and emphasize it." And, and I go, "Excuse me." And he, and he says. 
get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. And I go, what, what are you, what are you talking about? And then the kid, he reaches into his candy bag and he pulls out this bottle of, of port, you know, wine. Uh-huh. And he takes a swig of it and he says, this is a very wearying one to read. It's, it's unpleasant to read. So I think unrewarding. I think I figured out this kid was trick or treating as Orson Welles doing in voiceover work for commercials. He was mini Orson Welles doing doing uh those commercials for uh Paul Masson wine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for the frozen food stuff. And, and so the the vibe in the house is getting super weird now and I realize now that none of the other kids seem to know who this kid in the cape is, and they're all just kind of inching away from him, like, as a unit. Uh-huh. And I go, are you okay, and where are your parents? And he goes, come on, fella, you're losing your head. I wouldn't direct any living actor like this in Shakespeare. So that insane! Like what? What twelve-year-old boy in 2016 has even heard of Orson Welles? Let alone chooses to be him for Halloween, exactly. not, and not even so like weird. not even him as like Charles Foster Kane. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm going to be Orson Welles when he was on the 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 decline. <laughs> yes. Doing commercial work. Yes. Wow, that's a, it, it that's... was it was nuts, and then so I'm like, okay, this is this is so weird. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take this as far as it can go. So I go into my closet and I pull out this this goofy kind of like rain hat that I have, and it, it's the same kind of hat that uh, uh, Henry Joglum, the film director, wears. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and. Of course, you know why I did this, right? But but I would bet my house that no one in my entire county w- would get this reference, right? Okay. So you know what it is. You were dressed as Henry Jaglum, who interviewed Orson Welles a yes. lot. And with that, I put the hat, uh, the hat on, and Minnie Orson starts reciting things from that book, from My Lunches with Orson. Orson. Wow, this is a weird kid. It's so weird. He goes, Gilgood used to play Shakespeare like he were dictating it to his secretary. And I'm, I'm unable to watch even one segment of Love Boat because I don't like the man who plays the captain from Mary Tyler Moore. He has kind of a New York accent that gets my hackles up. I can't stand it. And at this point, it's like, it, now it's scary. It's like, how the F does this kid know this stuff? Yeah. And then Tom? Yeah. All of a sudden? Yeah, Rodney? The lights go out. And there's a crash coming from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a minute later, the lights come back on. And we all run into the kitchen. And there in the middle of the floor is an empty cake plate upon which had been my family's traditional niece of Frankenstein Halloween cake. The what cake? Niece of Frankenstein. N- Why? 
niece of Frankenstein. Yeah, have you ever seen that movie? The niece of Frankenstein? No, yeah. I haven't. Wasn't scary at all. It doesn't sound scary. Came out, I think, in '87. Yeah, I, I would. I would kind of not. I, I've never heard of it, and '87 seems a little late for one of the Frankenstein movies. I know. I think the guy who did the stepfather did it. The guy who did the stepfather. I think so. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but just like that, Minnie Orson, gone. Wow. Gone like the giant wind. Wow. It that... was really scary. So you had a truly scary Halloween. I did. I did. I, I'll never forget it. I might never be the same. It was so. It was. It was. It was very powerful and very scary. But look, I, I, I brought the conversation down. I'm sorry about that. I know you were having a fun show, and I made it scary. Well, no, that's okay. And, and that's weird. Okay. Look, I'm, I'm, it was an interesting story. Thanks. Um, on a lighter note, I saw the Oasis documentary yesterday. Oh, really? Yes. Man, I want to see that. It's good. It's good. And... and um, I don't know if you saw that Spandau Ballet documentary. This might have been done by the same person. Because, like, like Spandau Ballet, Oasis filmed everything kind of from, like, the first month of them being a band. I didn't know, I didn't know that. So there's, like, you know, VHS stuff of them playing the night Alan McGee came to King Tut's in, in, in Glasgow and, and saw them and said, I'm signing you. Mm -hmm. So it's like... The stuff is the the footage is that early. Wow! Um, that's, but that's... it got me thinking about why they never broke in the states. What What do you think that could be? Well, it, it's not the fact that there has yet to be a device invented that can measure just how little stage presence they had, or that their lyrics were less imaginative than even Lenny Kravitz's lyrics. Mm hmm. After watching the live footage of them, I realized that more people over here didn't come see them play live because they were afraid the venues that they were going to be seeing Oasis playing in were going to be freezing cold. Why? Why would that? Why would they be freezing cold? Because they were always wearing parkas. Oh, yes. I don't think any band has worn more ski wear. Yes. Regardless of what the temperature was, could have been summer, August, yeah. and Liam Gallagher would be wearing a hoodie, like yes. a hood, like a a hooded parka. Yep, that he would pull, that he would have over his head. Yeah, I swear, there's a couple clips where he has snow pants, huh, and ski boots. Now, do you think there's any? Is yeah. there is there anything to Oasis not being popular here? Because no, but see, it doesn't make sense. Because I was going to say maybe people here knew who the Beatles were. They heard it already, and now that yeah, now they were hearing like a child's version of the Beatles. That that's that's too much. That that, that was. That was over the top. It would be like if the Beatles of 1963 played Beatles songs from 1966. Exactly. Beatles point oh 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 one. 
Yeah, maybe that's why. But the, but the Beatles were from England, so it can't be that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't Rod. get it. I don't. I don't know. Oh, oh my God! What's that? What's going on? Uh, going on what? I don't know. The lights went out again. In your house? Yeah. Weird vibe. Weird house, so. What happened was that after the, uh, my version of it... Oh, my God, he's back! Harry decided to fix the music. Oh, no, Tom! Oh, my God. Minnie Orson is back! And he's bitching about Harry Cohn! That's when people sang them on screen. That kid sounds exactly like him. Dinner into your ears all through the no. while somebody came on said no Minnie Orson no he's smothering me with his giant cape sang a song so we we put that in we <laughs> me or love me or something <laughs> oh, <not a> movie, <laughs> really. Peggy Lee was playing Rodney Tom uh, Rodney I read Hot Chili Peppers oh, album quite a lot of oh my goodness I think Rodney just got Killed by a miniature Orson Welles' cape. Now I think I've heard everything. But you know what I haven't heard in a while? And I'm going to hear now, so I can't say that I haven't heard this in a while. The Chrome Cranks. Best show back here on the first Tuesday of November, which means it's the first week of No Dude Vember for the month of November. No dudes can call. Rodney got through somehow. Phone number 201-3323484. Mike, how you doing? Mike was not happy with that whack pack comment I made earlier. He didn't like that. Can you swing that door shut, would you mind? Oh, who did we just hear? Chrome Cranks, great band. From... A while back. It's from the album. A reissue of their first album on, uh, on, uh, Hozak. Great album. They were like if the scientists were from New York City. They were so good. That was Dark Room. 
And Hozak reissued the album, and you find out about Hozak by going, I believe it's, uh, well, I don't know, Hozak. It's H-O-Z-A-C Records. They must have a website, I think. 201-332-3484. So I was on, on Twitter, some dude went off. Some dude wrote me. It's like, look. Uh, I kind of, I tweet, I'm, 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 my tweeting has, is, 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 it used to be fun to hang out on Twitter and goof around and everybody had a grand old time. I don't know if I changed or Twitter changed, but uh, it's just don't, it don't fit no more. So I tweet about the best show and let you know what's going on with that. But uh, on the whole, I kind of uh, don't do a, a whole lot there. But then uh, uh, some guy... I blocked him, so I, I, and look, I'll block some. I don't care. Hey, you blocked me. Yeah, I did. Hey, you blocked me. I love when it, when we, when, uh, John and I were doing the live shows, the Sharpling and Worcester, and we'll do more, uh, someday. R- invariably run into someone at the show and be like, uh, uh, hi, I, uh, uh, I just want to say uh, I'm a big fan. It's like very nice. I'm not making fun of that somebody would talk like that, but what I'm making fun of is that person would have invariably one of them would go, "Yeah, you you, you blocked me on Twitter a while ago. Do you think you could unblock me?" It's like, "Well, tell me what you said that made me block you." And be like, "Well, we had a thing where we were going back." It's like, "Fine, I'll unblock you. Just give me your dumb Twitter handle." Phones are quiet on No Dude Vemper. Phones are quiet. 201-332-3484. So, last week on the show I was talking about how awesome I thought the movie Jack Reacher was. Right? And I do. It's an awesome movie. Look, do I think it's really awesome? Not really. It was fun to watch on an airplane. I loved it. Watch that dumb thing on my phone. Had a great time watching it. Can't wait to see the next one. So, some guy, like, tweets at me. Like, ripping me for liking the the, the Jack Reacher, because Tom Cruise plays Jack Reacher, and they're based on these books. And the guy was like, guy was getting on me for like not liking the books and liking the movie and then he said something like it said something about like as if like i'm dumb for not reading the books it's like he said like culture mf or something like that it's like wait a minute you're not referencing this is not not talking about proust here yeah it's not like you're talking about roberto bolano that's a guy right mike not talking about him. I'm talking about the guy writing Jack Reacher novels. If anything, who's the dumber one? The person who gets the Jack Reacher thing over with in two hours? 
or the person who's, who's reading a Jack Reacher book for a week. And look, I'm sure those books are super fun. I'm sure they, they're probably a blast. But don't act like it's c- culture, MFR. It's a Jack Reacher book. Best part of the thing. And, and I don't think oh, uh, uh, Werner Herzog was in the Jack Reacher book. I don't think the guy who wrote the Jack Reacher thing was like, and then the villain showed up. He looked a lot like Werner Herzog and talked like him too. Maybe that's the secret to writing a book. If you just write it like you're describing a movie that doesn't exist, we're just like, but then you like, you don't have to get the people for it. (gasps) I think I just figured out. Oh my goodness. I think I just figured out books. Cause I've been thinking about writing a book. Look, I know I'm dumb. I never make, I make no, uh, I have no delusions about how dumb I am. I had a hard time getting through high school, hard time getting through community college. Hard time. Am I smart? Not really. Am I crafty like Bugs Money? Yes. I've said it a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more. But no, I'm not smart. So that when I see a book and I'm like, I, I, maybe, maybe I should write one. And then I start comparing it to like other books. It's like, you kidding? These people barf these books out now. They're not thinking about other great books when they go to write a book. But I tell you, man, I tell my story. Holy, holy uh, guacamole, man. That's going to be something else. What should I call my book, Mike? The saddest story you've ever. What if it's called the saddest story ever? Right? And that's it. The saddest story ever by Tom Sharpling. But that's what I'll do when I write books. I'll be, I'll write like a, I'll start off, maybe I'm going to ease into it and write like a fiction thing first. I'll write like a, I'll create a character and I'll say in the thing, he looks like this guy, right? I'll say, he looks like yeah. Liam. <laughs> Who's this now? Jessica from Ithaca. Jessica from Ithaca. How are you, Jessica? I'm doing good. What if I did that with a book? If I was just suddenly like, the name of the guy in this book is this, he's a, he's a, a, a like, he's like a, 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 ex, whatever he'd be, like an ex-marine, not a marine. He'd be like Uh-oh. a guy, like, he'd be like, there's a former, uh, the, the, I don't know. He has a certain set of skills. He's the Taken guy. But he look, yeah, he looks like Liam Neeson in full on Taken mode. And just picture him when you're reading this. And I just say that in the beginning. Picture Liam Neeson while you're reading this. And then I'll say, and then the bad guy shows up. He looks a lot like Bruce Willis and sounds just like Bruce Willis. Picture Bruce Willis when you're reading this, right? Yeah, it's like you're just writing like notes for the casting director for the book adaptation. Yeah, and I'll say like, now here's like a sexy love scene, right? Picture this, this... This lady looks like, is Jennifer Lawrence too old for Liam Neeson? Do you think, is she too old? I mean, I was thinking maybe Scarlett Johansson. Wait, no, I'm not casting Liam Neeson's mother in the thing. (laughs) I'm looking for his love interest, right? Right. Um, I don't know, are they still trying to put Amelia Clark in things? Wait, who's she? 
Uh, she was in Game of Thrones and Terminator Genesis. Is she the one who summons dragons? Yeah, yeah. She's she's the mother of dragons. Okay. Maybe I'll put her in it. That's what I'll say. Like, Liam Neeson, his character's name is, uh, like, uh, a Dirk? Dirk? Dirk Steele? How's that? Dirk Steele. Dirk Steele private investigate. No. Dirk Steele police police cop? Dirk Steele police, police cop. That's what it is. Dirk Steele comma police cop. And it's and then at the top of the book it'll say the first in the award winning Dirk Steele police cop series when there's only like one of them now. And I'll write over 400 million copies sold. Like I'll just like it's no different than like some rapper the way a rapper brags about selling stuff like what if a rapper does it they do an album and they're bragging about like their lifestyle and stuff and then the album bombs and then like what do they do like the next they album their lifestyle. do they you walk know, the it back album they're like being sensitive yeah they don't walk it back and be like they'll be like yeah my record i talked had more returns on it the they shipped back a whole lot of copies no one bought it. I thought I had a lot more party in me than I had. I gotta, maybe I gotta do this Dirk Steele police cop. What do you think of that, Mike? Dirk Steele, comma, police cop. Right? Professor Swagaford on apmike.bandcamp.com. Don't mention apmike.bandcamp.com. <laughs> That's your job, I know. No, it's not my job. Get this, get this clear. Every one of you, get this clear. I don't care about apmike.bandcamp.com. I don't want to say apmike.bandcamp.com. I don't care if I find out that apmike.bandcamp.com goes up in flames five minutes from now. Wouldn't change anything. Bandcamp gone forever. Well, no, I want Bandcamp to stick around. I'm just talking about apmike.bandcamp.com. Come on, let's not wish ill will on, on Bandcamp. No, no, that's where all my music is. Yes. And your music again, tell everybody, Jessica, the band is Nancy Babich. Dot Bandcamp.com. See, now I'm saying all what, what, what. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dot Bandcamp.com show, uh, where we plug different artists on Bandcamp. Our featured artist tonight is a Bayonne man who, uh, who he follows in the great tradition of Bayonne artists like, like, uh, uh, Burl Ives and, and the guy from the, uh, Burl Ives and George R.R. R. Martin and the guy from the, uh, uh, diarrhea commercial. <laughs> right? Was it a commercial? Was it a commercial, Mike? And again, this is a sensitive subject on the air. Was it a commercial for diarrhea medicine or a commercial promoting diarrhea? Because I don't know what the latter would be. Polygrip. Which is for like dentures. Okay. Yeah. People with dentures and diarrhea? (laughs) It's just one product for both? I guess, look. It has two uses? Who knows what these, what these, uh, Weirdos are coming up with in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in these, in like the basement of, uh, 
whatever company of J J John. What is it? Uh, who does Windex? I'm not going to put Windex down. Um, JJ Reddick. SC Johnson. SC Johnson. Yeah, SC Johnson. Who knows what they're coming up with in the lab down there? Mm. Anything, Jessica? Um, I'm petting a cat. That's exciting. Also, I had a Halloween party last weekend, and I played a house show for five people, and I was drunk the whole time, so it went great. You know what? You did it. Next time, you get six people. Yeah. That's the goal. Raise the bar on your... Look, it's fun, but you had fun? That was a great time. And that's all that matters. Yeah. We all can't be uh, the, the, the author of uh, Dirk Steel Police Cop. <laughs> Over 450 million. I just checked. It's 455 million since we last spoke. Five Number million, one bestseller. Five more million copies. Five million more copies of Dirk Steel Police Cop were just shipped. Since we oh, joy. Yes. All right, Jessica. The phones are going wild. I'm going to go back to them, and I, uh, you call you call again. You know you call again anytime you want. Yeah, I think I will. You have a good night. You have a great night. Bye. Who's on the hotline, Mike? I don't know. Who's on the hot? Who's on the hotline? Best show. Hello. Hello. Hi, it's Brooke. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I know who this is. This is... Hey, shit. Sorry. Oh! Let's keep it clean. What's, Let's keep it clean. Up? How have you been? I'm good. This is <laughs> this is the comedian, Brooke Van Poplin. Yay! Star of Hack My Life on my favorite I, uh... channel, True TV. <laughs> Your favorite channel, it really? Is, it is. Why wouldn't That's so it? That's so great. But what? Uh, That's okay. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that you know you're just being so kind. I love it. Look, I watch that channel all day and all night. That's awesome. Now, Brooke, Yay. Brooke, you have a, an album. Album just came out, right? You have a stand-up album. Yeah, it came out a few weeks ago. Um, I think on October 13th, uh, and it's exciting. What's and the end? So awful about promoting it, but... (laughs) What's the album called? It's called Hard Feelings. Hard Feelings. Is it funny? I mean, listen, I'll leave that to you guys to decide, but I'm really proud of it. That's awesome. And this is your first album. Yeah. I've been doing stand-up kind of a long time, but, you know, it just... It just... uh, I felt moved to uh, record it. It's kind of like getting your diploma or something you know now now there's like an actual footprint of me out there yes it, it, it marks it marks where you were at as a comedian at that point in your life absolutely i know it seems like such a no-brainer um to make one but like a, a lot of thought goes into it you want to find the right venue and the right people to produce it and all that stuff i mean like i get why more comedians don't do it it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a hassle but it, it turned out great now, who did the who did the uh, the photo of you on that? My dear beloved friend Mindy Tucker, who is, you know, the uh, photography maven of the New York City comedy scene. She's simply the best. Yes, Mindy is the best. She's an awesome photographer, and she's taking pictures of me and John Worcester, and she's taking pictures of everybody. 
pretty much everybody. And whenever she takes a photo, people immediately switch that to like their new headshot right. and or profile photo. It's always very flattering light. She makes us all look really pretty. I know, because then you're like, why can't I look, well, not, not in your case, but in my case, I look at it and I'm just like, why can't I look like this, not in this photo? Like when I look in the mirror, why do I look back no. and it looks like, Looks like a, a it looks like a soft serve vanilla ice cream machine is broken. No, Tom, she sees you as you are. That photo, mm-hmm. that's what you're projecting. No, okay, I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. No, I know lighting makes a lot of difference. Yes, but. it does. So, you, Brooke Van Poplin, you do the show Hack My Life, which is on True TV, and then when yeah. does that, when does that come back? Um, I think. You and I are going to be in it together uh, at the end of this month. I don't have any details yet. Wait. I'm on this? Yeah. Yeah. Is this a spoiler? Am I going to get a call from the network? Am I in trouble? That's up to you. That's between you and the... the, uh, the (laughs) They listen. The network listens. You've got some fans over uh, on the True TV production side. So all those people who uh, sit up in their last tower and make decisions, they are fans of you. Well, that's nice. And... It is cool. So I am probably going to get in trouble. But I do think uh, we're, we're going to be in a holiday special episode at the end of this month. You hear that, Mike? Holiday special. That's right. Tom Sharpling and holiday special. I know, right? Um, and it, it's Yeah, like, then I think that the show is back back uh, after the new year. Okay. So there's a Hack My Life holiday special, which has a special scene with me and... BVP, Brooke Van Poplin, who's on the phone right now, and we're making stuff where I won't say what it is. We're fixing things and Yeah, no giveaways. Stuff. No. And it or, was, I mean there could be giveaways. I'm just saying let's not give away what we did. And it was fun to do, so thank you for it having was. me on the show. And uh yeah, so that's that's later in the month, I guess, uh so people can check their local listings. <laughs> yeah, once once I find out, I will uh, let you know for sure what the story is. Do you know what a safe bet? This is what I would say your best bet is to do. Turn your TV on. Put it on True TV. It'll go like this. Impractical Jokers. 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 Hack my life. Watch that. Impractical Jokers. And look, Sal was in here from Impractical Jokers. That's the nicest guy I ever met in my whole life. Isn't he great? He is, he is a well-mannered Staten Island boy. I really like him. Sal, Sal's awesome. He was so funny and so nice when he came in here because, like, yeah, he's a nice guy. I would. Uh, he really is. And they're doing a show uh, uh, at the Prudential Center in New Jersey this week, and I think they have, like, it's like motorcycles and stuff flying at their faces and things. Their popularity is next level. It's, I, I mean, it's awesome to be honest. Yeah, it's like, I, uh, it's intimidating. Their, their fan base is crazy about them. It's yeah. really awesome. Do you see where they're playing in, in England in a few months? No. They're playing the O2 Arena, which is, you- yeah, which is the arena where when Led Zeppelin got back together for that one show, they did their show there. They're playing two shows oh. there. Good Lord, that's like, it was like in the early 80s in Zeppelin, yeah, that no, crazy. This was just a few, this was a, like about six years ago when they did their final. Wait, what do you mean when they got together again? Because I saw the Page and Plant reunion shows, but. But they did one final show to honor uh, Amit Ertigen, 
the guy who started Atlantic Records. They did one final oh. concert. Yeah. So they did that there. And now the Impractical Jokers are playing <laughs> the thing. And they're selling two nights there. That's crazy. Now, now, look, I know, Brooke, you probably want to get on the... Okay, I've sold like four copies of my album, so... Ugh. Look, this is your ticket to success. I'm going to pitch this to you right now. Okay, all you, right. You have, the ear, you have the ear of true TV executives, so there's, okay. this, there's this guy, a couple of people who work on, on the best show. There's this guy, Mike, who's a Bayonne okay. guy. There's this guy, Dudio, who is like the... He's like a, a southern guy who came up here, so he's got that kind of like... He, it's kind of like in the beginning of the Welcome to the Jungle video when Axl Rose gets off the bus in the big city. He's got, he's got that vibe going on, like a, like a piece of hay in his mouth. Okay, I'm listening. We're pitching. I'm we, intrigued. We came up with the show and we need, uh, a heavy hitter to present it is I think the missing piece right now. It's called, Sta- okay. it's called Staten Island Garbage Rats and it would be okay. me and Mike and and Jason Dudio and and a couple other people put digging through the 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 landfill on Staten Island looking okay, for yeah. looking for like hidden treasures. Got it. So I mean, I mean, I think that show just sold itself. Right. Well, this right? would be it would say Brooke Van Poplin presents <laughs> Staten Island garbage rats. Yeah, let me let me see if I can put my name on it. And, um, and then, like, we'll you know, they don't re- they don't return my phone call, but I'll see if I can get in there. Um, well, but we could do maybe, things like maybe this. Your name would actually help maybe, me. I don't know. Maybe. Well, what if we do this? Like, we'll like do we'll do like covert like product things where we'd be like, "What's this over here?" It's like, wait, is this Brooke Van Poplin's new album? Wait, and what's your album called again? Uh, hard feelings. It's like, wait, what's this under this old couch? Hey, it's a copy of Hard Feelings by Brooke Van Poplin. This is her, this is her stand-up debut. Well, this looks funny. Wait, what's, what's in the glove compartment of this car that was set on fire? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would actually be a really great product placement for my album. That would look rad. In a burned-out car? In a burned-out junker, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, look, that, you sell, you sell Staten Island Garbage Rats, Brooke, and then we're gonna see. We'll outfit as many product mentions of uh, of hard feelings into the show as as I can. Okay. Say. Okay. I like this deal. I like this deal. Well, look, when you're when you're around, you come in the studio and hang out. It would be super fun. I totally want to. Yeah, back on the West Coast, but I think I'm there again in December. So right. well, you let we can me have some eggnog and yes. hang out. You let me know. And I will. I, I will see you soon. And thank you, thank you for calling. I appreciate you checking in. Absolutely. And where have a pe- great night. Where can people get your album? Uh, you can get it on iTunes or just basically all like digital streaming platforms, SoundCloud, um, Amazon, right. stuff like that. All right. You, all right. you have a great night, Brooke. All right. Good to talk to you. You too. Bye. Bye. See, I didn't know that was coming. That's a nice little surprise. You never know what's going to happen on the best. You never know who's going to call. Am I sweating so much? It's hot in here. A couple of things I want to tell you guys about, if you're listening. I want to tell you about a uh, show that is taking place uh, on uh, Friday, November 4th at 11.30 p.m. over at Joe's Pub on Lafayette Street in New York. It's uh, 
and the, it's a it's a show where uh what is it where we got a uh, who's in this it's called uh, what's the show called now Harriet Harriet and part of the proceeds for this show uh, go to the New York Women's Foundation who's in this show oh just the three busy Debras and uh, Jackie Novak and Joe Firestone and uh, who else? Uh, Corinne Fisher and uh, Michelle Buteau. Did I say that? But look, Joe Firestone, best show friend. You go see this show. Go help, help out. It's at Joe's Pub this Friday, November 4th, 1130 p.m. And you can get more ticket info at NakedComedy.org. Harriet. And the other thing I want to tell you guys about, this is a thing that's, uh, yeah, where is it? This is super. Uh, from, uh, Keith and the girl, uh, uh, Hemda, who is on, who is uh, on the show, she just, uh, She's been going through a lot of medical stuff and, um, yeah, she's, she's had a real rough go of it with a, uh, with a tumor that had to, uh, she got removed and, um, her surgery went well, but she's, uh, there's a, there's more, you can get information, go to, go to com slash the girl to uh read up on what uh Hems is going through and um she's a real sweet person and you know if you can uh chip in be a part of that or she, but she's uh, at the very least she's documenting this experience going through all this stuff so um go go see what she's up to um i guess at katg.com uh you can find out more at keithandthegirl.com. So she's she's a real sweet person, and we wish nothing but the best for her. So get 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 better and get strong. And uh, if you can, go to youcaring.com slash the girl and help out. Best show. I don't think I'm doing it the right way. Wait, I know who this is. Is this, are you in Las Vegas, Mystery Caller? I am, sir. I know who this is. This is BB from Las Vegas, everyone's favorite caller. Yeah, I didn't do that. You know what? It came out like Rosie the Robot. Rosie the Robot, who was the one who did the uh, the thing with the Jetsons, right? Correct. Correct. It was a Jane Vanderpeel. Yeah, just... <laughs> When she was, yeah, when she was having a hard time, um, she was depressed. Who is your favorite person on the Jetsons, and who's your least favorite person on the Jetsons? And the person can be a robot or a dog, so that's a giveaway to who I might think my favorite or least favorite might be. Hmm. Well, I have to be one of the main, um, the family. I would say, look, BB, I'm going to just tip it right here. Least favorite, George Jetson. He's the worst. Yeah, he was um, <laughs> he's a real tool. A little bit of a beater vibe in him. It's true. Yeah, he's a real douche, right? Yeah, George Jetson. Died in a wool. Judy Jetson was super cool with her white hair. Yes, 
What was the mom's name? Jane. Jane. She was super cool. Elroy was all right. The word Astro was cool. The dog. Yeah. Rob Rosie the robot was cool. The two worst ones on the show are George Jetson and um, the boss. Spacely. Mr. Spacely. That guy sucked. And Hanna-Barbera was always good for digging up those sawed-off, put-upon guys that either ran a quarry or ran a, a sprocket concerned. Because with, with the Jetsons, that was like the movie, that, that, that Matt Damon movie is the Jetsons, right? Like, he lives down on the ground where the Jetsons were above. What was that oh, movie called? Um, Elysium? Elysium. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see that yet. Yeah, me neither. I thought it was uh, what portion I saw where he's trying to book passage and the computer he's talking to can tell he's getting cranked up. And then he ended up on Mars, right? Yeah, yeah, The Martian. I like those stretches where Matt Damon is like, I think I'm going to do six movies where I'm in space in a row. Where he's like, I'll be in Interstellar, and I'll be in The Martian, and I'll be in Elysium. I'm just going to be in space for a while. It's like Tom Cruise hit this point where he's just like, I think my next 30 movies are going to be action movies. Like, I'm just going to do nothing but action movies from... Going to go out a place of glory. Because he's doing it until he physically can't do it anymore, because that's the only way to make money. He's like doing these action movies. He's going to end up with a billion dollars, because he's doing action movies all the time. Now, I have a friend who's a big fan of those Reacher novels, and according to him, Jack Reacher is like 6'5", five, not 5'6". Five, I know, they don't like the, these Jack Reacher... He's, but Tom Cruise is at 6'5". Who do you want to play? What is going to be played by what? Uh, 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 Bob Einstein supposed to play him? <laughs> Brad Garrett? Supposed to have Brad Garrett play Jack Reacher? Uh, Howie Long. How, yes. Howie Long. Football, football correspondent Howie Long is, his, his exciting return to movies <laughs> with Jack Reacher. Uh, look at me, Brent, uh, Raymond. I'm a uh, ex-military cop. I'm trying to, uh, look, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you, and you better just it's get gonna ready. Hurt. You're going to get killed. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to kill you. That's like, that's what you want from Jack Reacher? J Brad Garrett running around? No, 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 that Because no. who's the other guy? B D D Funkhauser from, uh... From Curb Your Enthusiasm? You want him as a detective? Larry! Larry! Right? He's, He's like, in his 70s now, isn't he? Here's a... What is... I can't... Oh, I used to be able to do the impression. What was the impression again, uh, Dudio? Remember? He'd be like, Larry, here's the... F oh, is that close? That's very close. What's that now? It's almost machimus. He's like, Larry! You moron! You're, oh, I can't do it. It's so close because it's like his voice is just like Jeff Garland. He's like an older Jeff Garland. You moron! Which is a older Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh. And it's not. Uh, this is not shtick. I know. I know we had our uh, pan to shtick there, but that's not shtick. That's just. Well, that's something else. Yeah. 
not shtick, though. It sticks to your shoe when you're oh, stuck in it. All right, okay. That. Okay, and I also right. had. Uh, I did call. I did have something I wanted Look, to talk. about. I won't tolerate puns from anybody, baby. All right, then that would be the last one. No, that's it. You cashed your one pun for wow. my life and your life. It was a good bo- one, though. Both, no, look, I'm not saying it wasn't a great one. That okay. was the one, though. So, what do you have? What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I have your um, real good Halloween movie for you. That um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker. Let James me guess. Let me... It was made in Upper Jersey. I'm going to guess. About 1990. So Frankenhooker is probably made up of other hookers. Is, is that what she's made up of? Yeah, this guy um, loses his wife in a uh, loses his wife in a lawnmower accident mm-hmm. and keeps her head um, and uh, composes a body of hookers that he uh, he would take the subway over and feed them super crack. I mean, first of all. It's wildly tasteless. What? This is one of those ones that this you just don't, you don't, they don't make them like this no more. It doesn't sound tasteless so far. It's. No, of course it sounds I mean, tasteless. I, I remember the tagline. It was, um, Bill Murray actually got a blurb on it and said, if you see one movie this year, make it Frankenhooker. That's what he said. That was on the VHS box. Bill Murray, what guys? So sure, you know what he don't seem to see. Pops up everywhere. He pops up at a baseball game, a bowling alley. Pops mm-hmm. up at a wedding. You know where he don't pop up in a in a, a comedy. He doesn't seem to pop up in those, right? He sure don't just pop up in those anymore. Like a, no, a, a funny movie. No, comedy is hard. Now for me, it's not. <laughs> for me, it's like breathing. That's why it's hard to get that Franken, um, Frankenheiser. Frankenheiser. Funkhauser. 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 It's hard to get that out. Larry, you moron. Larry, here's what the thing is. Is it like that? Is that what it is? That's that's pretty darn close. Me and Mike are going (laughs) to workshop this later tonight. And Mike... (laughs) We're not we're not leaving my car until I get this perfect. I don't care if it's noon tomorrow. You better mm. clear your clear your bleeping schedule, Mike. We're getting this Funkhauser impression down. Until you might can... want to stop by the uh, health food store and get some slippery elm. Slippery elm? What's that? It's a throat spray. It'll keep you from burning out your. Um... Look. I might, have, I, I might have to go full uh, full uh, Nilsson on this, blow out the vocal cords to get this impression right. Jump into the fire? Well, because John Lennon pushed him during when they were making the album Pussycats. Yeah. And he got him to blow his voice out. His voice was never as, as beautiful as it was before. Is that um, professional jealousy? It might have been because he's got such a, a he had such a beautiful voice at that point. At that point, John Lennon was basically we can say it. 
John Lennon ran out of steam pretty early. He's a little cooked. A little cooked. Did a lot yeah, of good stuff. around that time, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Walking around with a sanitary napkin on his head at a Smothers Brothers concert at Doug Weston's The Troubadour. Come on, John. Uh, that, uh, that's the first time I've heard about that one. That's probably... Uh, mm. I just read this book about the Smothers Brothers called Dangerously Funny. And you know who I want to be if I come back? In this uh, next life, I want to be come back as like Dick Smothers, a guy who worked with his brother and then like, but he was like busy like driving like race cars and his brother's like killing himself to try to like keep the show on the air. And meanwhile, he's like, man, let me know when we're taping the thing. I'm just going to go race my car for a week. Right. I gotta I'm going to go up to Montreal and sing with John and Yoko in bed. Yeah. Um, Tommy Smothers and, was there. Tommy Smothers. Yeah, was, and Dickie opened a winery. Yeah. Right. I need that deal. I need yeah. that deal. The Smothers Brothers deal. One of those ten nine hundred deals. Ten nine hundred. So you're running a TV network, and now you're picking things up for nine hundred and ten episode runs. Um, you know, man, it's a. If you're the showrunner, why not? Oh, BB. You're my favorite caller. You know that. I And you're my favorite listener. I don't think that came out segment. Fair enough. I'm pretty high, man. I, I had uh, <laughs> kidney stones pounded out yesterday. Oh, no. Got, you had kidney yeah. stones? Yep, yep. And they're not done with me yet. i got to oh. go back in a couple of weeks. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. BB, I'm yeah. sorry. That's, kidney stones are brutal. They are, man. They make grown men cry. They do. I I passed a kidney stone on the radio. Did you know that? Oh, no. Yeah, I was on the radio, and it, it happened. It Because it, suddenly I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And I, like, I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. And, and then I put on a record for a half hour. I played Miles Davis, and I just sat in the studio for a half hour just not moving and then finally I'm like, I think I can continue the show. And then someone called up and they were like, because I was talking to Julie Klausner about this. She was like, that show is insane. If you listen to it, you you sound. It was the best show? Yeah, it was the best show on WFMU. And I was like. What's the, do you know the date off the top of your Mike, head? what's the date on that one? Okay, Mike doesn't know. I'm kidding. Oh, what's the date now? Oh, apmike.bandcamp.com. Well, that's not the date to the. No. Yeah, no, I passed. And then the, somebody calls in. They're like, it sounds like you've got a kidney stone. Mm-hmm. Someone calls up and says that. And then after the show, I went to the hospital. <laughs> I went I went to the hospital after the show. That's what These are just. Well, BB. You feel, I want you to, you stay, stay strong and get past this and you know, uh, you, you, you know everybody wants you to, uh, to, everybody wants nothing but the best for you. You know, man, I felt like I'm, after you told me about your friend with cancer, and I said, no, no, I'm not going to get in a riff into that. No. Uh, but no, I think, uh, I think I'm doing good, good compared to that. You're doing all right. We're all hanging in there. It's all we can yes, do. Yes, we are. 
All right. Well, you have a great night. I'll talk to you later. Take care of yourself. I hope so. Bye now. Bye. Yes, I looked on on Twitter. Somebody did a best show bingo thing a long time ago, but let's uh, let's bring it back, right? Let's bring it back. What do you think about that, Mike? Is this lifeless. Oh, God, I can't wait till this guy just quits finally. I gotta force him to quit now. I think that's what I gotta do. I have to make the condition so terrible here that he just quits. But he might, Mike, Mike might have that Carson Daly streak in him where he just won't go no matter what they do. Right? Carson Daly pays to do that show now on after, uh, Seth Myers. Carson Daly pays $400,000 a year to do it. They keep like raising the, the, the ante on him to see when he'll finally quit. Cause it used to be he did it in front of like a studio audience. Then they're just like, Hey, we're getting rid of your studio audience. Cool. Okay. Well, you're just going to do it in the studio with no uh, audience. Okay. Hey, we're taking your studio away. You're going to have to do these things in bars and restaurants now. Okay. And they're just waiting for him to finally go, Hey, that's too far. So we'll put a best show bingo thing together. I think that'd be fun. Oh my, look what time it is. Best show's almost over. Oh, best show is over. How about that? Another fun episode, huh? The first week of No Dude Vember in the can. How do you think it went, Mike? Line one is a good call. This troubles me. Should we do the half hour? We're going to do the half hour power next. We have special guests for that. Best show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Tom. This is Joe Firestone. Oh, my goodness. It's another famous person, Joe Firestone. Okay. Listen, I got to tell you something. I don't want to tell it to you, but I feel like you got to know. Oh, no. This sounds bad. Um, you know your idea for Dirk Steele, police cop? What? It's who did it before? You? No. The Chris BBC Gethard? is coming out with a show called Dirk Gently. Holistic Detective Agency. Well, that looks stupid, though, but that's based on, like, novels and stuff. And that looks that looks terrible, that thing. It looks like one of those shows, it looks like the most British thing you've ever seen, where it's like, <laughs> well, I'm a detective, I'm British now! It's like, and then it's, it's like, yeah. the dude from the one with the dog, remember the dog running around, the guy dressed as, that poor guy, the yeah, one he, elf. That's what's, Elijah Wood, right? What's his name, Elf? He was Elijah the, Wood. The Hobbit. He was in the Hot. He was in uh, Elijah Wood. Yes, Elijah Wood. He was in a thing with a guy running around in a dog costume for like eleven years. Who's like, I'm your dog, and I'm gonna go to the bathroom on your carpet. And then now he's finally like, hey, we put that show to bed, and he finally gets a new show, and now it's with the guy like, I'm a detective, and I'm gonna bother you climbing your window. It's like I, it's a it's a pretty interesting script, Tom. I don't know if you should judge it. I um, uh, I auditioned for a role of a ragamuffin woman, and it's it was, she was really all over the place. 
<laughs> a ragamuffin woman. Yeah. Now you, Joe Firestone, you. It, it, for some of us, 2016, our, our, our creative and personal existences have been in free fall, like myself. The, the floor has not revealed itself yet. I have still, every time I think I've hit bottom, uh, a, a new, a new level of hell reveals itself. But someone, uh, you now are going the exact opposite way. This is, you keep going up and up and up. Well, you know who I gotta thank. Who? from Honolulu. I'm going to tell you this. Watch out, is all I'm going to say. Watch out. No, I I don't think so. I think this guy's loyal. I think this guy's with me. He's ready ready to help me succeed. He's going to help you. Oh, he is going to help you succeed. He's going to help you all day long up until then you introduce him. You're going to be like, hey, Fred, do you know Nikki Glaser? You ever meet? And then Fred's going to push you by the like literally that face push you know that thing where like it's like you think it only happens in movies and but he's gonna actually do it to you he's gonna face push you out of his way to be like i can't believe that i can't believe that fred would do that to me he's been a godsend he's been helping me with my flyers and he's been sending out mailings Mailings. It's a huge help. What mailings? I, mean, you can't are you even doing? Imagine. I don't even know what I was doing before him. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know what you were doing before. Now Fred thankfully got you to realize you needed to start doing mailings. Mm-hmm. So he got me that audition for Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency. A ragamuffin girl? Straight to callback. Straight to so you jumped the line a little bit. Yeah, thanks to Fred. You All thanks to Fred. Straight to callback. Fred. Fred. Oh, you miss him? A little. I'll be honest, I do. Yeah. You know what it yeah. is? This is what it is, JoeFirestone.com. Um, is Thanks. it JoeFirestone.com? Yeah, Fred made that website for me, too. Okay. Um, I hope you use Squarespace. Uh, offer code Squarespace.com slash best show. You get 10% off your first uh, order. Um, and it's Joe, J-O. Not J O E. It's J O like who's another famous Joe the way your name is spelled Joe? Is Joe Jojo Dancer? Uh, this is your life, Jojo like in, Dancer. Like in Little Women. Like in Little Women. I don't know what that is, but it's like in that thing. Little Women in the Alcott. What? It was like a movie with Winona Ryder in the nineties. Look, I'm a Booth Tarkington man. That's how I do it. Magnificent Ambersons for life. You listen, whatever, whatever you want to identify yourself with, I'm just saying it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty successful in theaters movie. Also, it's a pretty classic book, pretty much across the board classic book. Yeah, pretty uh, Little Women. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think I liked it better uh, when it was called. I don't know the name of any actual books because I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, little women, little women. Uh, I think I like that uh, better when it was first called. I went to community college. I don't know books. Tom, you're supposed to be little women in high school. I said I had a. Hard what were you time. doing? What were you doing? In Skipping high school, little women. 
What was I doing? I wasn't reading that. They didn't do it at my high school. I went to a military academy. <laughs> we didn't do that there. The they didn't read Little Women no. at the military academy? The chaplain banned it. <laughs> now, Joe Firestone, what is the name of your show on WFMU? It's called Dedications. Dedications. It, or as I like to call it, Second Chance. <laughs> second Chance. Joe Firestone's Second Chance. Now, where can people yeah. hear Dedicate? When, when, when... And where can they hear it? They can hear it on Mondays at 8. Mondays at 8? Yeah. So when you're gearing up for Monday Night Football? Yeah. <laughs> you listen to Joe Firestone, then you watch the Jaguars take on the... Rams. The Rams! There we go. Oh, man. Everybody's so upset about the Rams in St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis. Everybody mm -hmm. hates the guy that took the Rams away from mm -hmm. St. Louis. Yeah, well, look. They hate him. They're spreading rumors about him say he's evicted a whole town. Mm -hmm. People, you think you know horror. Wait till Bon Jovi brings the uh, Buffalo Bills to Toronto. That's going to be... The people of, of Buffalo, they literally don't play Bon Jovi on the radio there because they're scared Bon Jovi is going to be a minority owner of the Buffalo Bills when he moves them to Toronto. Uh oh. Uh oh. I, I mean, do you think Bon? I mean, do you think Bon Jovi has the gall? Oh yeah, I think he does. You don't think Bon Jovi would do that? I just don't know if he would do that to the people of Buffalo. Bon Jovi would do it in a second. You think? How do you think he got? You think he got so successful owning that Philadelphia Arena football team? That, that that didn't happen because he's a nice guy, owner of the Philadelphia whatever they're called. Is. Do you, let me ask you a question. Do you like? Do you appreciate okay. him as an artist? Go ahead. What's that now? You appre you appreciate Bon Jovi as an artist? Do I? Yeah. I, I appreciate what he's trying to accomplish. I, I don't necessarily like it. But like with these big guys, like these, like Bon Jovi's and your, you know, your um, who else is big? Um, Dirk Gently's. Yeah, yeah, Dirk Gently's. Like, do you think that they started out like doing good stuff? You know what I mean? Like doing yeah. like stuff in basements. Like people were like, "Damn, I like that guy's sound." No, I could feel like this one for Bon Jovi. No, he didn't. He was always terrible. Um, his uncle was a record producer, and that oh. kind of got him into the biz. Uh, he was like an engineer. And, uh, yeah, he always sucked. Yeah, I'm gonna, I wanna have so, like, can you imagine, like, I want, like, just having so many untalented nieces and nephews, and you're like, don't even worry about it. I know you're like, Look, you're super untalented, but you're very good looking. I think I can make a lot of money off of you, my nephew. To like say that to your nephew? Nep can you imagine just saying that to your nephew? Like I think of like like a niece or nephew in my life, and then the idea of saying like, hmm, I wonder how I can make money off of this kid. It seems like the filthiest thing imaginable. Yeah, my my uh, my sister-in-law just sent me a picture of my niece who's not who's like uh, seven months, and she's a lamb for Halloween, like a little fat lamb. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you? I can't even imagine taking that little fat lamb baby and saying, well, guess what I can do? Yeah. Guess what I can do with you for a profit, you know? Yeah. You can be walking uh, over to, uh, you walk uh, some stuff over to uh, CISO, right? Be like. No, oh, tell right. me about it. I, I mean, would I, would I sell my baby to CISO? I don't know. Well, it's not your kid. No, it's not. It's not. It's my. It's my. It's a. It's a baby I'm related to. Yeah. What you, would you do to get on CISO, Tom? What would I do to get on CISO? What I would probably do that game where you where you stick the knife where you do that thing with the knife between your fingers. I would do a pretty vigorous round of that. <laughs> um. I'd sell government secrets. I would sell <laughs> government secrets if oh, I could get like a four episode. Not the time. What? Tom, always... would you be jealous if, if AP Mike got on got his own CISO show before you did? No, I would expect, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Of course. Of course that happened. Right? Hey, everyone. I'm on CISO. I don't know what it is. But I'm on it. AP Mike on says it's going to happen, right? I can I can definitely imagine myself watching it. Watching AP Mike on CISO? You don't think Fred would leave me for AP Mike, right? If he got a CISO show, he's you're going to just be looking at a, a good cartoon hole in the wall like he'd burst through it. With his arms and legs flailed out through the wall over at uh, Firestone Arms, or whatever you call your house. That's what I call it. Firestone Arms? Yeah, it's weird because I got roommates and they're like kind of cool with it. And they're like, wait, you moved in here after us. Why is this now called Firestone Arms? We've been here four years, you've been here three months, and now we live in Firestone Arms? Listen, man, if you bring the gold lettering, they'll let you do anything. You're insane. Joe Firestone, I have to end the show. I Goodbye. wish I didn't. Uh, you're, you're, you're so, I think you're so funny, Joe Firestone. Please don't forget me. Please when you invariably stop it. Don't even waste airtime with this garbage. Go you to, already passed me to. when you lap me is what I'm going to say. Hey, listen, Fred says hello and, um, Maybe maybe we'll figure out a time to, you know. Sure, we'll do lunch. Yeah, we'll do lunch. Fred will get in contact with you, okay? Sure. I'll, I'll, right. I, I, I look forward to All right, Joe, you have a great night. You too. Bye. Joe Firestone, so funny. Mike doesn't like her, though. He doesn't like her. I don't get it. I think she's hilarious. Mike does not like her. What are you going to do? You know what you're going to do? You're going to come back next week and listen to the best show because we'll be back next week. And right now I'm going to say to you, the best show listener, good night. And here is something from Islands from their album, Should I Remain Here at Sea, one of the two they released this year. And they have a reissue of their first album coming out later this year. Let's hear a song called Right to Be Misgotten, best show back next week. Half Hour Power. Coming up next. Bye.
Oh. 